Hello, and welcome to Fanboy Modeling School. I am your host, the Fat Mantis, and I am here with... Steve. <laughs> Very good, Stephen. I like to call him Stephen so he knows he's in trouble. So this is, this is a podcast that will be entering into pop culture, of course, comic books, news, shenanigans, and of course the political disgusting drudge fest that is the burning of our current republic known as the elections. <laughs> <laughs> or the country formerly known as the United States, which I like to call hell. <laughs> Just hell for short. Uh, I mean, it's clear the republic fell like a decade ago and nobody noticed. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Uh-oh. Like, you know how we always do the the movies where it's like the last man on earth? What if you were the last conservative on earth and you didn't know the <laughs> republic fell? <laughs> And like he's just a guy walking around with his head buried in the sand. Basically, he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. right. This, this, right, this election is gonna be like it's gonna be every, it's gonna be every vote against one dude. You know, <laughs> it's funny, man, because uh, as I'm watching like the news cycles, like everything makes me laugh now. Right at this at this point in my life, literally everything either terrifies me or makes me laugh. And I'm watching Joe Biden, and I'm watching Donald Trump, and sometimes, just in the inner part of my souls, it creeps in, and I'm like, man, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. So drink now, my friends, and be merry. That's what I say. (laughs) So uh, a moment of ridiculousness. This evening, I'm I'm walking by my mom's room, and I hear... On, on her TV, and my mom loves like YouTube, but she's like into everything from like aliens to whatever weird stuff. She just found, finds weird stuff and watches it. And I just hear that another person go, "So you're telling me, you're you're not denying that there's a pedophilic cult that lives oh. under the DNC?" And I I rush in and I go, "Mommy, what are you watching?" And she just goes, "Oh, the town hall." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's literally it's literally everywhere. I'm telling you right now. I came home from work. I changed my clothes out of my Corona infested, uh, you know, wares from work, and I sit down and I look over at the TV. And my wife has got NBC on. Is uh, I think it's Dateline. If that's the channel that comes on, Le- poor Lester Holt. And uh, they're interviewing a couple of women who are just newly recruited in the. Uh, I can't say their name because they recently. The Nexion, 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 whatever. It's, yeah, it's a yeah, bunch yeah. of letters and notes with no vowels. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> in fact, you can't even say the one that starts with Q because they just got deplatformed today by YouTube. So you can't yeah. say it. And uh, uh. but yeah, so these two women were just uh, joining Q from Star Trek, <laughs> and right. Uh, right. and basically the reporter asked him at one point. She's like, "Hey, so even though there's no facts to back up anything that you know." And there's no one that can convince you otherwise. She's like, doesn't this just sound a little crazy? She's like, well, that's what the mainstream media is supposed to say. <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. To, to, you know, Roy, how the hell have you been, man? How are you doing? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's hit or miss, brother. It's hit or miss. You know, I, I don't know. Last time we did this, you guys, you were like, how, how's the quarantine? I was like, I'm living my best life. <laughs> and I was like, I do 100 push-ups a day. I'm running. I'm living, I'm living the dream. And so, I, but that's when I was like working. And then like at a certain point, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with this, with this, uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't social distancing at my job. And I was like, F this, I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to keep living my best life just without a job. And for some reason, other than it was a crap job, I got rid of the job 
and my life just went to shit. <laughs> like, like, I don't work out. I don't. I, I, I'm not even sure if I sleep. Like, I watch horror movies till four in the morning, and then I wake up at six. And like in the morning, I'm with my coffee, and my, I'm just watching my cat. Wait, like, wait, play you with still, his food. You still wake up at six after you go to sleep at four in the morning? I, I'm still on the cycle, man. I'm still on the cycle. So it's messed me up. And then by the by the time it's time to work out, I'm like, I don't want to work out. What, what's the point of it all? What's the point of it? <laughs> so I'm having the delayed effects to quarantine that everyone else was having in the beginning. You know what's crazy, man? It's like uh, I can't speak to the experience of every parent, and I'm not going to be that person that says, oh, when you're a parent, you just don't have those luxuries. Because the fact of the matter is the only one that suffers in this situation is my poor wife, right? She's, she's the one that suffers the most. I'm usually just like, all right. Headed to work now, dear. Good luck. And they're climbing all over. But early on in quarantine, uh, it was crazy to think about where we were at. Like when we filmed that episode, right? It was just like, I, I remember there was a point where I was like, man, there's no one outside. It looks like that one scene from The Devil's Advocate. You remember when Keanu was walking up Midtown? <laughs> Bro, I'm saying, you know, I'm like a UFO nut and like, like all this stuff. So I had a weird experience in the beginning. What happened? Right. So like I usually, you know, I'm a walker. Like I, I don't really drive. I walk everywhere. Right. And I'm in the right. suburbs. So I'm like the weird guy. Yeah. And I walk, walk everywhere. And there was this one time that I'm just like, I'm walking. I decided to take a, a late night walk and I was walking and it was early in the pandemic and I didn't hear any crickets or any animals. And I looked up at the sky, and there were no stars. The sky was black. And I, yo, I was like, and I, I walked a few blocks from my house, and I was like, there's something wrong here. And I turned, and I ran home. <laughs> so I was like, there was something crazy in the air. There was some evil in the air, man. And it, it, Did you really run? Yes. <laughs> I tried to play it off like I skipped. No, I ran. I ran. Wait, were you wearing khakis and, and loafers when you ran? <laughs> Dude, I mean, you... I... I'm sorry, the, the but tr- go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, the trick is because I'm a paranoid martial artist. Right. Always wear clothes that you can fight in. No, I, I get so, that. I get that. It's so it's true. Shoes are like a you know loafers are hard to run in, but um, you know whatever. I'll I'll, I'll put up with it. But right. like I'm just saying, like with the pants. You you've got to move it close. Always wear movement clothes, even if you're wearing a suit. You know what I mean? Like, you no. know when you have to run from cops. Listen to me. I'm just trying to imagine the neighbor, the one neighbor who saw you running around. There's a well dressed man running through the streets right now. Because it's it's so funny that uh, you always think you're slick when you're walking around the suburbs at night and you're like, I'm the only one awake. I'm doing whatever. It's there's always move. someone who sees you and there's always someone who eventually brings it up with you. Listen, so check this out, right? Uh, before we get into all the craziness, I've had a moment like that before where uh, back in L.A., you know, I was uh, you know, I was going through a, a phase in L.A. and I was skateboarding around North Hollywood and I was under the influence nice. of, of many different things. <laughs> and I remember I got to this one street, like so I'm going past a Carl's Jr., and I'm like, oh, that area is nice and secluded. It's dark, nice place to go skate and just kind of like be free and be me. I hit the hard left. I start going down the road, but I, I was overcome with this really, really weird feeling. And I just kind of thought about it. And I'm no BS, man. No BS. I pictured myself as that black guy in the horror film. And I was like, nope. Turned around and went right back. <laughs> 
<laughs> like literally, it was the longest lean on a skateboard, and I just made a full turn and went right back you out. Said, you uh, said nope. Listen, yeah, it's I, I. If we could write a book together, Roy, it would be called "Survival Instincts to Live By for the African American Male in a Horror Situation." <laughs> Absolutely, because you know, you know, it's funny. This is something women preach all the time, and I love it yeah. um, because it's good, good advice. It's like you should trust your instincts. Yeah. And so, what it is is, if you've ever seen, uh, what is it, the girl with the dragon tattoo? Oh, I haven't seen it all the she, way through, but I heard it. Oh, I'm about to run the end for you. Oh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> she figures out who she thinks the killer is, but the killer catches her, and she's outside his house, and he says, "Why don't you come in?" And she's like, "No, I'm all right." He's like, "Come on." We'll have a drink. We'll hang out. And she does it. And as soon as she starts drinking, he goes, I don't understand. You knew what I was, yet you came in. It's almost as if, like, your need to appease other people overrid your survival instincts. And, like, yo, that's what people do. And women say it all the time. They're like, trust your instincts. Don't don't just socially be nice to people. Like, they meet a weirdo on the street. The girl who gets kidnapped is the one who's polite. The one who's not polite is the one who survives. That's a good it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, and it's same with for black people, man. Trust <laughs> your fucking instincts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if that alley seems shady, I don't care how tall you walk, run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm listen, I'm I'm not above running. Like in fact the other day two cops came up beside me and I had done nothing wrong. They're like, Good morning, citizen. I just took off running. Just, <laughs> just took off running down the street. My survival instincts kicked in. I came back later and apologized to them and I, as I was apologizing, they were like, you know, we understand that, but uh, can we see some ID, please? And I'm like, I shouldn't have come back here. <laughs> I'm like, right. I just kept running. Dude, you know what's crazy about the dr- girl with the dragon with the tattoo? Never seen it. I've seen uh, the worst parts of the movie, obviously, because uh, I have a lot of friends that will send me this. Like, They'll send me a picture of the worst part of the movie. And like, isn't this horrible? I'm like, yeah, why are you sending this to me? You're only promoting <laughs> yeah. the horrible scene that you say offends you so much. But obviously she gets out of that scenario because there's a part two and a part three and a part four and a part five. I want to know, does that character go through that same type of moment in every one of her books or? No. So what it is, it's actually interesting because I haven't read the books, but I've like heard all about them. And I was like, I was wondering what that myself. So it's like the girl goes through trauma in the first one. Yeah. And after that, she becomes Batman, essentially. Mm-mm. Or like that or like a show Revenge. Remember that show Revenge? Yeah. Where it's, it's, the, it's the, the cute blonde girl from Captain America. Yeah, yeah, Who's yeah, like, yeah. no, has every skill in the world. Yeah. And so she becomes that, and she's like hunting serial killers because of her experience with serial killers. See, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and she's like, she rides a motorcycle and has a leather jacket, and she's like, everyone's going to die. Isn't she like a crazy <laughs> hack, a hacker, too? Like, she's that, like, she can hack anything. But, oh, is that uh, between apparently between episodes one and two, she learned every skill ever. Oh, is it? Is it? This is what I'm talking about. That's good writing. <laughs> That's good writing. But I know in the pitch meeting that guy was on coke. And he's like everything. They're like every skill. Everything. Well, you, you know what probably happened in the pitch meeting? They were like uh, the first author was like. I want to write a story about a, a young lady who goes through trauma but survives it and overcomes her demons. And then they were, and then when they were doing the sequel, they're like, you know, you know who people like Batman. <laughs> they like hacking. You think, you, you think could make her more like Batman? And the guy's like, he wants to make money, so he's like, yeah, I can make her Batman. <laughs> but you know what? You, you you take the high moral ground here. I'm telling you right now, I would sell out so quick. In that scenario, they would be shocked. They're like, I, I would literally like, you want Batman? I'll give you Batman. You want Static Shock? What do you want? I will write the hell out. I would never be a Jonathan Hickman. 
I'm like, I wouldn't hold out yeah. for any creativity or anything like that. I'm selling out right then and there. Uh, you know, at this point, being my age, we're not going to discuss what that is. But at this age of of not being like officially published, only being self published, um, I am at the point where like, you, I tell my writing buddies, they're all like, "You have to have integrity. Don't sell out." I will sell out. <laughs> yo, yo, you want me to write whatever? You know what I mean? You want me to write like a werewolf movie in space? Right. I will do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> opportunities. You know, so, and you see all these celebrities—they throw their opportunities away. It's just sickening, man. It's sickening. No, it's it's true, man. Before yeah. before we break out into the topics, yeah. though, right? I figured one thing: How did we come to be where you and I are sitting right now doing a podcast together? How did how did, how the heck did this whole thing happen, man? What? Well, I, I, you know, as we discussed originally, like, um, I started my YouTube channel the same time that you started up. You were doing podcasting. Okay. Um, uh, right. And I just feel like, uh, you know, it was, it, it just, it was kismet. Kismet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, I, I, I feel like people are better talkers when they get to bounce things off of each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we always have riveting conversations about comics and movies and all sorts of things. And it, it's time to unleash the beast. It is. You know I what th- I mean? I think <laughs> like, so. Straight up. And I mean, yeah, it, I mean we've, been, go ahead. we've been friends for so many years. You know what I mean? It's it's time to do this. It's true. It's true. Uh, it is, it's a great time to do it, too, because like there's so much stuff that's about to jump off. Right? So you're a, you're a DC stan. I'm a Marvel fanboy. It's, it's suiting, right? But we can meet in the middle. We can teach America how to get along again. That I, that was not intentional. I did not mean to do that. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but Way to go. <laughs> viewer three clicks out. But no, here's the thing, right? There's so much stuff going on in the world and, and pop culture, comics and stuff like that. And I haven't had a chance to check up with you on a lot of stuff. So... I know we got to get into the topics. I know we got to. Yeah, that. I mean, we got a, we got a lot of crazy stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know this is the beta episode, but I just want to give you a, a quick fire on a few topics, and you can give me as little words as possible, and we can get into it another time. Okay. Three jokers. Uh, <laughs> re, re, uh, here's what it is: resistant, but I'll try almost anything once. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shot, even though I hate Jeff Johns. Okay. I'm sorry to say that. Like, I like it's not like and people. It's not like I'm not giving him a chance. I have given him so many chances of reading books by him, and I just I'm not impressed with his work. So I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, the premise just seems so idiotic. Let's see where it goes. All right. All right. New Thor. Black Winter, Herald of Galactus. This is another gimmick book. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I, so basically, if you ever notice in terms of sales, it's so weird. You know, as you write a serial, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And eventually a character gets to a place that he's so different from his original and the sales drop. And then what they always do is they go, let's go back to basics. And guess what happens when they go back to basics? They sell out of number ones and they sell out of all these things. And characters always go back to basics because the gimmick sale is idiotic. Like, have you seen this whole uh, future state of DC? Yes, 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 yes. It's their attempt to do Age of Apocalypse. Yes, 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 yes. And I was like, there's no way this is sticking around. Like, there, there's no – people are just going to want to go back to their normal Batman. Like, Batman doesn't wear a cape. People are going to be annoyed by that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you know, like I'm saying, when I was a kid, uh, Thor was Eric Masterson. Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't Donald Blake. He was Eric not, in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, he was, yeah, he yeah. Was, right? Later to become Thunderstrike. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got – but you know what it was? Is because so many, like, diehards were like, we want Donald Blake back. Yeah. 
for, you know, for, forget this new guy or whatever. And I think it will always be that way. So when they try these new these new things, they're like, uh, let's turn Wolverine into the Angel of Death with Apocalypse. <laughs> That's not going to stick, man. No one wants to watch that. No. All right. You know, it's a gimmick. Last one. Doomsday Clock. Um, so, yo, I was with Doomsday Clock, and then they took a huge hiatus. Like, you didn't yeah. know when the next one was coming, so I stopped reading. So I never finished it. I liked what I what I what I was reading. However, now that I've seen like Watchmen on HBO, I, I, I like. I, I know we shouldn't compare. One's a comic, one's not. You know, it doesn't really matter. But if there's a better sequel, it's the HBO show. All right. So here's the thing, right? I watched Watchmen on your request. I wasn't going to chime into any of these, but I knew I was going to chime into the Doomsday Clock. I'm going to say this and not spoil it for you, even though you're you're about a full year outside of the conclusion. It was masterfully done. It concluded extremely yeah. well, and DC was handed on the platter an opportunity to deal with all the continuity issues, and they decided to do what they've done now. So I'm not going to get into it, but I'm going to tell you honestly, like if there was a perfect reset, and it was like, all right, so we went through the new 52, we did all of this stuff, but this is the actual reboot, it was perfect. And they... uh. They pooped all over it, man. They took it. <laughs> Wait, they pooped. I thought you were going to say it was excellent. You're saying no, it was excellent, and then they pooped on it? They, they, the conclusion of Doomsday Clock is amazing because it actually oh. uh, it, it actually re- – I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. Do you want me to ruin it for you? Well, yeah, well here's what I'm saying. I knew that's where it was headed, that the yeah. idea that Dr. Manhattan had created a new 52 by me- messing with the people's hope, yeah. you, you know, when he created a, a world without hope. Um, so I knew that was headed that there was going to be some sort of cosmic change at the end. Right, I knew right. that's where that was that was headed. Um, but I, I guess so they fixed all the continuity problems with that. Yeah, they fixed they fixed everything. And actually, it's pretty interesting because there's one point where uh, Doctor Uni- uh, Doctor Universe Doctor Manhattan understands that the reason that the Watchmen universe has always been damned to fail is because it doesn't have a Superman. He established, he discovers that Superman is at the center of every DC universe, every multiverse is bound to Superman and his existence. And any universe that doesn't have a Superman falls apart. It's effed. It's yeah, effed. Effed. it's completely And you know effed. what? Not only is that poignant, <laughs> I just want to point out that we don't have a Superman. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't just, have just, a Superman. Just saying that. Just saying that. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we don't have a Superman. And like they, it concluded extremely well. And uh, when I was reading it, though, it reminded me of... No BS. It reminded me of your writing style and the way that you told stories. Whenever we were playing games, I was like, oh, there was a longer pitch here. Even though I knew, just like you, that they were going to reset with this. I was like, there was a long game here, and it was played massively. But, like you said, they took too long of a break, and too many other stories crept in to, like, take away the, uh, the, the shine from that. I think Watchmen on HBO... In spite of like all the all the nonsense I heard about it being like a social justice story and all that stuff, it actually I, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was just a massively told story. Okay, so yo, I'm, I'm gonna say you realize why they're saying this, and this pisses me off so much. Right there, and this is this is actually makes it cool why the HBO series made the raw shock, uh, you know, Seventh Cavalry guys uh, white supremacists. Or seem like they're white supremacists. Uh, I, I think the you know the jury's still out. But the idea was that when they changed the when the new Raw Shop was a black guy, right? When he was Re- Reggie Long or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. 
all the freaking yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. people who support a certain politician were like, "Yo, f this, it's SWs," <laughs> and it's so funny that later on in the in the, in the sequel they're like, "You guys are white supremacists." <laughs> you know what? You know what's great about that about the that concept because you, I think you, I know you and I are on the same page. I know that social justice issues that has become a horrible, horrible like term because of the people that it represents, right? But sometimes there are some things that need to be addressed, and then there are other times you just need to let fantasy be fantasy. But if you're a masterful writer, you can address both those issues, and people will read the story, and then later on they'll go, "Huh, that was interesting." With Watchmen, I love the fact, the TV show, that they actually uh, took characters that were kind of ambiguous in their history. Because Watchmen doesn't have, like, a a long-standing right. history. You can add to it. It's not linear like Star Wars where it's like you're boxed into the mad rantings of George Lucas. It's like you can go <laughs> around and do a bunch of different stuff. And I think that was great. I, I didn't – I'm not one checking for social justice issues but I thought they did that really well. The problem that I know a lot of people had was they were like, oh, why did it have to start off with the massacre of so many black people? Is that something that actually happened? And I had to write in one comment. I was like, yeah, that was actually something that happened in America. They didn't Yo, make that you, a, <laughs> They didn't make are you that watching? Up. Are you watching Lovecraft come, Country? No, I'm, I'm not as of right now. Okay. So I'll tell you right now. It's a minor spoiler. <laughs> They're all black. They no. They have, obviously it's black. It's very black. Show. It's extreme. It's the most black show I've ever seen. Yo, Martin is not as black as Lovecraft Country. Is it blacker than yeah. blackish? Yeah, fuck yeah. Blackish is like white. <laughs> Yo, don't get me wrong. I love blackish. I love blackish. Don't get me wrong. But like, what Lovecraft Country does this thing. They're trying to reverse it. Uh-huh. Um, so what they're doing is they're depicting every white person in it as an evil villain and at first i hated that but i realized they're trying to make a point about how like blacks have been represented in media so every white person they encounter is up to no good Hmm. on that show and it's about blacks in the 50s right but they actually do a scene which also takes place during the riots and during the the destruction of black wall street Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like i was like you're gonna bite off watchmen you guys are on the same channel however they did it from different angles, and I love it. I, basically, I feel like they complement each other. Watch that opening scene, Watchmen, and then watch the, the latest episode of, of uh, Lovecraft Country where you get to see see it from a different angle. It's great, man. It's yeah, great. It's that – the whole Black Wall Street uh, massacre, man, that is – so the first time I was ever exposed to that, believe it or not, was watching a movie called Rosewood with uh, Van mm-hmm. Grames. And uh, – Man, I got to tell you, like, that movie screwed me up. It, I put it on casual. I've made this mistake with two movies in my life where I'm just like, oh, it's Sunday. Let's watch a movie. I've never seen that one before. I've done that with Apocalypto and Rosewood. And both were bad choices for Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so heavy, right? Like, I haven't seen Rosewood, but, like, Apocalypto is very good. But it's such, such heavy content. Like, Dude. that's a, you got to be, you got to have your coffee and you got to be ready and, like, you know what I mean? And not be altered by something like alcohol and weed and realize you just watched the complete decimation of a people group. I'm just sitting there like, this is horrible. But, no, I, I'm going to check it out. I think another thing that I really uh, enjoyed about Watchmen, the series versus uh, Doomsday, Doomsday Clock was, and then this 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 kind of goes back and forth. 
at first I didn't like that they nerfed Dr. Manhattan because I was like, all right, well, this is just lazy writing. Like there's no scenario where this happens to him with normal people. Like it, ha- but then I had to really think about the villain and who she represents. I'm like, well, she is a Doctor Lo- Doctor Doom level intellect, right? She was able to trick her own father, Ozymandias or whatever his name is, who's like, who's proven himself to be smarter than Batman. Like he actually served Batman. Yes, Doomsday Clock. And I, I mean, was like, of course. And then, and then when I watched it, when I watched that scene, I was like, all right, well, this makes sense. I guess there's a world where she, because Ozymandias out, he out, he tricked. Well. Yeah, he pulled one over in Manhattan in the comic, in the graphic novel, I guess, too. Kind of, sort of. So I guess she could pull one over. I just didn't like that portion of it. That was the only thing, was that he was so easily dispatched. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, we're talking about a guy that can't, he's energy. It can't be destroyed. <laughs> well, remember, remember, he's not in his prime anymore. What? And, and it, he's not in his prime. He's not in his prime anymore. So, like, he's an old man at this point. So his guard was down. No, no, not Ozymandias. I'm talking about Dr. Manhattan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I was like, I was like, it makes complete sense that she yeah, no, the, over that yeah, old no, man. Was, old man <laughs> that was completely uh, amazing what she did to him. No. I love I love that. I freaking love that. I guess so. Banish that motherfucker <laughs> to another planet. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy about that, man? Is like. It's almost gross to think about what he was probably doing to those poor Adam and Eve like creatures on that planet. Like that was, <laughs> but it represents really well what I think. Just like Westworld, it really does represent. You give people enough rope to do whatever they want, and you're gonna see some weird stuff out of people. Like everyone comes in, like I won't touch the robots. I'm like, sure you won't. Let's turn the cameras off, and we'll see where this goes after a year or so. I just like. <laughs> okay, I'm about to get gross. So, viewers, I hope you could, you're cool with me being gross. This sometimes I'm gross. Um, I bet you in the Jetsons world that there are, you know, how they have the Rosie the robot maids all over the place. Uh, I bet you there are some guys who bang that thing. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm into that. What I am saying is that it takes all kinds. And you, if you give a person a moment to think of how depraved they can be, they get very really, really depraved. Oh yeah, no, and no, they'll raise every the bar. Of sh- yeah, so uh, no, but I'm sure some some like look. It looks like a trash can, but it's my servant. Let me hit that. Like I'm serious, man. That's why. That's why I think Westworld and all these shows are great commentaries on on human beings. I'm like, you know, you like like look at how Westworld starts off season one. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to help the robot that I'm in love with, and then ultimately I become the guy that's skinning robots. <laughs> and her, and her, like he's, yeah. he's hurt so much that every year, every summer he comes back to murder his ex girlfriend. <laughs> like, bro, bro, like. I, I don't think I have any range against any ex-girlfriend. And you know I've had some crazy ones like that. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's, something's up with this. But, uh, but none that have brought you to the place where you're like, every summer I, I, I'm going to do something horrible. Like, I'm not you take, yeah. no, no, no. Not, Nothing you can admit legally on YouTube, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is a, but, uh, uh, speaking of that, are we going to get into the topics of the day? Yeah. <laughs> so we got, first up, man, this is something that just broke recently. Uh, this week, actually. It's been bubbling, rumored about, and the rumor mill. Uh, we, so we got three Spider-Men 
Potentially, right? We got all three of the Spider-Men, Holland, Garfield, Maguire. We're still waiting to hear Maguire if he signed the contract or not. And then right. let me preface this part by saying that I, for the first time, can honestly say I enjoyed a Spider-Man movie when it came to the Tom Holland MCU adaptation. And I'll, I'll defend my stance in a second. But we got Doctor Strange being introduced into the Spider-Verse. I think this is a masterful move on Marvel's part, especially if the deal goes right or left with Sony, right? So let me tell you why I enjoyed the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. I feel, feel free to correct me at any point. But movies, there's two. The, the movies, yes. Well, okay, well, okay. Let, me, let me say movie because uh, Homecoming was what it was, right? You, I, you, you got to be honest about history. It did well. It was a great way to introduce him. To me, though, that movie was just one long Disney Plus episode. Yeah, and uh, yo, I'm, I, I'm sorry to chime in or whatever. So I actually took some Sunday school students there. Oh, nice. And it, we, I, I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I am bored. And I looked over, and they were all having the time of their lives. They're all junior <laughs> high school kids. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is for kids. This is like for, for, for serious kids. And it, yeah, no, it did not vibe with me well. But there were so many antics, like so many teenage antics. Kids love it. Yeah, no, it was it was the perfect it was the perfect pitch for a kids movie. I saw it in uh, Santa Ana with one of my good friends out there, and it was again, it, you know, we're two older guys. We walk into the movie theater, get our seats. I look around, it's nothing but sixteen year olds. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, I hope they don't think I'm that weird old guy. But it was what it was. I thought the vultures stood out really good. Michael Keaton was great in the movie. It, it set us up for some other stuff. Now, Far From Home was obviously the best, in my opinion, the best Spider Man movie. That's ever been made. The best. Hands down. Hands down. There's <laughs> no uh, there's, really? there, okay. yeah, there's no debate. And I'm not even talking about it for a fanboy like standpoint. There are a few things I need to do to quantify it. It's obviously not main universe Spider-Man. First thing. You gotta you gotta say that, right? I thought it was amazing to watch how he adjusted to not having uh Tony Stark in his life. In this movie, I thought it was great to see Mysterio introduced as a villain and not as some weird Elseworld guy who's trying to make things happen and be his friend. I thought they took a B-level villain like Mysterio, who in the comics has had some great moments, and they gave him a real a real good story and a good send-off in that movie. So I really enjoyed that. But I think Kevin Feige understands that he's got a problem on his hand, right? He's still got a fairly young Spider-Man in regards to the timeline. And he also has to address a continuity issue, which is... Maybe I'm the only guy to notice this, but we all do realize Doctor Strange completely set Iron Man up to die. Right? <laughs> like, he set these things into motion. <laughs> and they're gonna, they're gonna have to address that. And I think this is okay. gonna be... Go, 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 go. Okay, I don't know which one to attack first. But like, here's the thing. <laughs> so let me finish before you attack. I think this is going to be a great movie because they're all, I don't know how much time they're going to spend on it, but they're going to have to address the fact that Tom Holland's character, Tom, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker is going to want to have words with Doctor Strange. I think also it's going to open up the multiverse. I think this is going to be great, man. I know there are a lot of people that had issue with what they refer to as Iron Boy and their reference to Spider-Man and Iron Man's relationship. But I would like to challenge you with a legal term that most of you people would be familiar with. You're idiots. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to break out a legal term. 
You're idiots. This was a, we're talking about Spider-Man. I challenge you to find me an arc in his comic books. That isn't idiotic. For, for, for nearly 50 years, they've brought us idiotic arcs in Spider-Man. And I'm not going to hear any different now that you want to hoist them up on a, on a, gold, on a gold pedestal. You may so, so I, I am having flashbacks to when we were young. And when we were young, you used to always have the argument that Wolverine would destroy Spider-Man and Spider-Man was a piece of garbage and incapable of anything and yada, 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 and he's garbage and Wolverine was king or whatever, right? It was, it was absurd. Um, but what I'm saying is, first thing I want to say is, Doctor Strange did not set him up to die. The thing is, Doctor Strange looked at the 14,000 different universes, uh, versions, and they survive only one of them. And in that one, Tony dies. So he it's true he sacrificed him, but everyone else was going to die, on. and the galaxy hold was going to die unless he did that. Hold on for a second. Let me just correct you here, good buddy. You just acknowledged that he sacrificed him. I'm not saying it was the wrong move. I'm, oh, say, God, okay. I'm saying that it, it happened. And you have to, that has to be acknowledged in the I story. I admit, I admit, okay. Okay, I admit that, I admit that. And the second and thing so, is, Wolverine is a superior character to <laughs> Spider-Man in every way. Not physically, you know, right? Spider-Man's got the Boy Scout factor, which is just another juiced up way of saying Batman has prep time. It's like, it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Okay. So the other thing is Mysterio being a, you said like a, what, a C-level villain? He's a D-level villain. That's insane. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, I don't think you've ever read Spider-Man because I, I, he no, has I've, had I've some read, crazy plot lines. I've read Spider-Man before, but have you read Kevin Smith's uh, adaptation of Daredevil? I hate it. I hate it. But so, you know, Guardian we, Devil. It's called Guardian Devil and it's garbage. So listen. Kevin Smith ain't never <laughs> written anything worthy. Like, Clark's was good. That's it. <laughs> Allow me to approach this the same way you approach, uh, would approach theology. I'm going to use that to reference Mysterio. Mysterio in, and this is a canonized book, is referenced as a D-level villain to deal with a, and I'm sorry to all my, D, uh, my Daredevil fans, a D-level superhero. You know, a street-level guy. That is the whole pitch of the book. That's the whole pitch of the book. Now that doesn't mean that he's not great, but in regards to the the, co the cosmic landscape of Marvel, Mysterio is a weak character that was made great in instances and written well in a few instances. But his overall history in Marvel is that of a failure. Like New Gingrich, he is a failure. So he is one of the founders of the Sinister Six. Losers, the whole which team. Which is one of the greatest villain teams that ever exist, okay? <laughs> Mysterio has, has convinced people of everything that is not real is real, and he doesn't Absolutely. even have a superpower. Absolutely. Just because I'm saying he's a D-level villain doesn't mean that his character hasn't been written great. But the fact of the matter is, he's still a D-level villain. Well, okay. Actually, I'm about to get you right now. Oh, okay. my God. I got... Yo, this argument is already done. <laughs> did you read Old Man Logan? Of What did I say? He's had moments of greatness. Written in greatness by a superior writer. So do you remember what he, do you remember what he did to Wolverine? Absolutely. Okay. Abs absolutely. I, I'm willing to accept all of that stuff. 
In regards to this movie that's coming out with three Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, I think this is going to be really cool to see how they do this. But if you come in with that same old spider not you in particular, not to disparage anyone else, but if you don't divorce yourself from the fact that this is not your Marvel 616 Spider-Man, that's the first thing you got to let go when you walk into this. Now, if they really wanted to make this movie fire, they would find a fourth actor to play Peter Parker from the 616. Because it can't be Garfield and it can't be Maguire. You got to bring someone else in. So, you know, I agree with you. I'm totally agree with you that I was thinking about, like, originally when Homecoming happened, uh-huh. I did not like, I did not like that he was so different from 616 or Ultimate. I was like, who the hell is this guy? He's obsessed with Iron Man. His <laughs> friends are Milo, Milo Morales' friends are his friends. I mean, what is going on? Mary, like, yo, he likes black chicks. Not that there's anything wrong with black chicks, but 616 Peter Parker doesn't fuck with black chicks. It's obvious. Right? <laughs> like, so, I, but however, after the second one, I realized what happened. And it's what you said. They made sure to divorce him from any other Spider-Man because yeah. there's always already been two franchises. They need to make him himself. And they, like they did a good job of that. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, well, this is actually good. I'm actually enjoying this. So what it is, is he's totally different from 616. He's totally different from the last two franchises. But I like that they made him different. Yeah. I appreciate that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And no, it's a good pitch because even if I thought they were going to go ultimate Spider-Man, which you put me onto, by the way, which is my one of my favorite adaptations. And I, I want to be clear for our listening audience. This has been a running gag with me and Roy for years. I am not the biggest Spider-Man fan, but I've seen <laughs> moments of greatness in a pretty weakly written character over the years. <laughs> but the ultimate version of Spider-Man, I thought that's the direction they were going to go in the movie. But then they switched up and they said, we're going to do this. And I thought that was a good move. And I think this is going to be a great move. For the MCU, and I know you and I can both agree on this, and not being an MCU stan, this is a good move for Sony, right? Because Sony is like, a, they're like Lenny from Mice and Men, right? They're like, oh, we got this beautiful little mouse in our hand. What can we do to snap its neck and then kill it and then try to say it was Kevin Feige's fault? Which, mark my words, is going to happen to Venom. That movie succeeded because there was a lack of uh, content out when it came out. And then they're going to do the same thing to Morbius. So this is like yeah. this is this is this is their only chance right now. So uh, have you heard? You've heard the rumors that they've um, that on the site they're playing a trailer. They're saying the same. This uh, you know Sony's playing the same Morbius trailer, but there's no Michael Keaton in it anymore. I know you were telling me about this the other day. And, and it's because it's because even though like it hit YouTube, people already see that see that shit. They took it off the official trailer that's on their site, and and people believe that like. It's, it was a whole re, re, um, reorganization of how things would happen. Originally, Spider-Man 3 was not supposed to be a multiverse story. Right. But because of COVID, they, re, they had to reorganize, depending on how much filming they had done, which movies could go when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it goes before multiverse. And multi, it was supposed to come after multiverse originally. So what they decided is they're like, well, this will be – so basically the idea is that like when WandaVision – finishes she's gonna lose her mind and like house of m she's gonna be like change the galaxy change the universe with her magic and every movie after that is gonna be in the, affected by the multiverse damage 
Okay. People, people that you thought you knew are different and things are slightly different. And you're like, what's going on? The universe is falling apart. And so that's going to be, it's not going to be black widow. Black widow just happens to fall after it because it was delayed for COVID. Right. But that's, that's, that's like a prequel or whatever, you know, that takes place right after civil war, uh, before she hooks up, uh, black widow hooks up with captain America. Um, but the, the other ones like, uh, Shang-Chi and the 10 rings, um, and Eternals and, and Spider-Man three and, 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 and Dr. Strange are all going to be affected by this. Right. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. At, I'm not mad at the, at the thought of Wanda being the big bad or the result of like, what, let me ask you, let me pose a question to you, right? Serious question. How many more times can they do the same big bad storyline in Marvel, which is the big bad and his billions of minions, right? So they got to do something different, right? Because no one wants to see them fight another army of, <laughs> right? Like there's got to so be. Go for it. So here, here's what it is. Before it happened, and I'm, I'm, I'm I want to be put on record that I thought of this before the movie was produced. Okay. But. You know, Avengers 1 was them fighting an endless wave of aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said to myself, I was like, well, they need to make it different for the second one. They should make it the Masters of Evil. Whether they call them that stupid name or not, it should be their old villains coming back to fuck with them. Yeah, right, right, right. And then you get to see two teams, a superhero team and a supervillain team, and how they fight. But instead, Josh Whedon, once again, he's like... And Ultron will have thousands of mindless soldiers. And I'm like, this is the same finale as the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so I saw that I saw that mistake because think about it this way: they have Civil War. Yeah. Happened before they had a, Ma- a Masters of Evil. So therefore, we get to watch two hero groups beat each other up before they ever beat up a villain group. Yeah. Does it make any sense? No, it doesn't. But let me just let let me tell you something, right? Josh Whedon, you and I have talked about this before, and uh, that movie worked in spite of him. And I, we, I, we are on record of saying this. I remember we talked after Avengers came out, and we both kind of murmured around the same thing, which was like, I don't know if Josh Whedon was really needed, right? He did his job, but it really showed an Age of Ultron that he wasn't needed any longer, right? And I love Josh Whedon, man. Don't get look, don't come for me. I've been watching Buffy and Angel. I was a Josh Whedon stand before you people even knew who he was. But Roy's right. He followed the same formula. And it sucked. And you know what else sucked about that movie? Was the fact that the, the original plot leaked on the, on the internet. And instead of just doing what they were going to do anyway, like, hey, you guys got us. But now let us give you the, the visual representation. I'm referring to, of course, Hulk. Uh, you broke me on this story. Hulk fighting Ultron. And then that's how he ends up on... Uh, in space. In space, which would have made so much more sense and would have had much of a deeper impact. So instead, we get this nonsense with him and the Quinjet with the Thor-Ray relationship of, of of Black Widow, which they didn't even have the courage to follow up. And it was stupid. I think that Civil War actually, and I agree with you, they threw a punch at each other before they threw a punch at any other villains. But we needed Civil War to kind of reset us on everything. <laughs> actually, that is why Captain America lost his third third outing oh really is that fight what it is so many people were pissed about event you know here's what i'm saying i'm not gonna front where people saying they were hating hating the avengers but what it is is it was getting like 70 70 like between 70 and 75 percent ratings on critic sites yeah. and like it's an avengers movie 
And yeah. people just love, like people gave Thor the dark world, like uh, in the nineties, just because it was an Avengers movie. That is a piece of garbage movie. It's a horrible movie. Right. And, and what, you, you realize how upset people must've been to get 70. That wasn't good. And Feige was like, I need to readjust. So we need to have a mini Avengers movie to re- like make up for, make up for that. Yeah. And so he was like, and that's, and here's what it is. I first hated that Captain America wasn't getting his own, like, you know, last movie. However, Civil War was amazing. <laughs> it was a masterpiece. Like, that, that, like, I can't say that was a bad movie. I can't say that. Like, I was so glad I saw that. But he, basically, we all know that that was a fake Avengers movie. But yeah. it really is. It's Captain America, but it's really an Avengers movie. Um, it was all because of the failure that you know Age of Ultron was. And I, th- I think, and that's where I think that uh, Spider-Man. So the, the thing about it is, I'm glad the Russos aren't attached to this project. Not because I don't, I dislike their work, but I really do think that if this is the last outing for Spider-Man in the MCU, which I don't believe anymore, by the way, I think that was all a ploy to pull us all back in. It was a way for Sony to evaluate how popular the character was with the MCU. And they got exactly what they wanted, right? They got what they wanted from Disney, and they got what they wanted from us as fans. But I think that this movie is going to be vital because it's going to obviously open us up to a few other things, right? Like, we may have to say goodbye to Spider-Man. We may not. You know, we might, you know, I I, I think it's going to be cool. So before, before, uh, before there was like... Uh, before there was multiverse things going on, I surmised I was I I, th- I theorized that because spy- I feel like and pardon my French for everyone who's listening, I believe they were looping us up for Miles Ma- Morales. Yes, and I honestly think that he was going to fight the Sinister Six, but he was supposed to die at the end of it. I'm not so sure now because it's a multiverse. Yeah, I think they changed. They definitely changed that script. They definitely started rewriting that script. Um, but I honestly think that like his Tom Holland's uh, tenure as Spider-Man is going to come to an end very soon. Yeah, um, it might not be at the end of three. I'm not sure. I don't know. It, it depends. It'll be a surprise. I'm, I'm willing. To, I'm willing for, to see whatever whatever happens because contractually he's up for only one more movie after that, and then he's done. But I think when he's done, they're going to introduce. Charging they're going to introduce Miles Morales. No, the question. Uh, the question becomes: Do they introduce Miles Morales on the MCU side, or this is a Sony? Because pro- it all—it's all a Sony property. But so here, here's the deal: every every Spider-Man movie is, even though it's produced by Kevin Feige, it's is a ultimately a, is a Sony movie. However, Marvel gets a big cut, yeah. and that's what the whole fight was when they pulled when they pulled Spider-Man. They were like, "We want a bigger cut." Yeah, the, uh, the, it was it was Marvel being like, "We want a bigger cut," and then Amy Pascal was like, "Oh." You want to play some games? And she took Spider-Man away. And they were like, okay, let's negotiate. And they had this whole negotiate. It was a negotiation about, like, who gets how much money from toys or whatever. So yeah. It was, like, toys and, like, other, other shit like that. No, so like, Marvel, Mar- the MCU, they got everything, if I have it correct, on the toy side. So they got all the money from the licensing of the toys and all of that stuff. But they were like, we want more theater money. And then that's right. when Amy Pascal said, we're going to play chicken for a little bit. And for a while, she was winning but then something happened, and I can't explain it. That brought Sony back to the table. And they're like, "All right, we're playing ball." And I don't, know, I don't know what that thing was. Well, you gotta, you gotta remember that in terms of the age of business, like the way business works, is that like 
you, they will yank things, but really have no intention of yanking it. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. this is a card. This is a, a chess piece that I'm fucking everyone with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so when they demanded more money, Amy Pascal was like, oh, really? I could I could ruin this whole shit. I'll make Spider-Man 3 garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, and you have to understand, she is the shrewdest woman that ever exists she's a badass man she's a badass she is a hack that's been given too much power but i respect her hustle 100 yeah. percent. <laughs> you know what's funny the sony leaks you know about the sony you know about the sony email yeah. leaks yeah, yeah, yeah they revealed all this shit she says racist shit she says like horrible horrible things about people actors and other talent people thought her career was over oh. but she was kind con- contractually obligated to continue spider-man and since then, she's rebuilt herself. Yeah, why not? Just make a movie like Into the Spider Verse, throw some hip hop in it, make them say some words in Spanish, and boom, boom you're back boom. in. You're back in there. And she is. She's a shrewd. Uh, oh man. Oh, you man, know what? I would not she, want to cross her. You. She could probably teach Kathleen Kennedy how to revive your career because she absolutely would. She absolutely <laughs> would. Kathleen Kennedy is. Well, here's what it is. Kathleen Kennedy. I think because she's like in her in her sixties or whatever. She was like. Uh, let me coast. She's like, I'll become the the head of Star Wars, but I'll let P- I'll coast and have these directors do whatever they want. Right, right. And of course, they just went ran amok, particularly Ryan Johnson. She was literally not paying attention to them. Her <laughs> job is to produce them and ca- handle them. Yeah. And Amy Amy Pascal's not like that. Amy Pascal's like up in your shit, man. So, 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 but, so here's the thing. I'm I'm glad we're talking about this because Kathleen Kennedy is obviously a cautionary tale, and Amy Pascal is a uh, very very shrewd in what she does but i don't think sony has as much leverage power as they assume they do sometimes because here's how this thing goes right it all relies on the house of cards built on the back of venom right so if venom bombs if venom 2 bombs then they're like all right we're switching we'll switch our hopes to morbius but then if morbius bombs which it will it's going to do good out the gate, but it will be remembered as a horrible film because Sony doesn't know how to do superheroes, man. They, they... It's, Go ahead. It's not even that. It's it's not like, who makes a Morbius movie? <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> like, when people are like, let's make a Harley Quinn or let's let's make a, do, a, a Squirrel Girl or Deadpool. I understand the appeal because there are they have fans, but I've never encountered someone. I'm like, who's who's your Marvel character? And they're like, Morbius. <laughs> get out! <laughs> you get out of this house right now. <laughs> no, but but I it, see. But you're thinking you're looking at it with a, a rational mind. Uh, shout out to Roxanne, Roy's sister. I would love to hear what she has to say about this. But I really do think that in that board meeting, they were like, huh, Venom did well. Morbius will do well, too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's a house of cards built on a weak, a weak franchise. Now, they're doing some things on the back end to make Venom 2 better, right? So they brought in, uh, what's the guy's name? The cap, a famous caption actor, uh, Schmeagle. Uh, uh, you know who I'm, I'm referring to. Oh, my God. I know exactly what you're saying. It's not it's not clicking right now. He also played Snoke. Yes. And he was the, he was the monkey. He was the monkey in fucking Planet yeah. of the Apes. And, I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's directing it as well, but uh, I, I'd have to look into that. So that was a good move on their part. I think they're going to like try to make it not as campy. But the, at the end of the day, Venom is good because of his interaction with Spider-Man. 
even when he didn't interact with him in the comics when he had his own standalones it was always in your you knew who he was because of the interactions he's had with spider-man the conflicts he's had with spider-man and that's what made it really cool when he became like an anti-hero it's like oh he's not a bad guy anymore you know i mean honestly the way spider-man uh uh, you know messes up venom's life in the comic books, yeah, I would have I would have definitely at least depicted that in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, where it's like the reason why you don't have a career right now is because you try to lie about Spider Man, but then not have Spider Man in the rest of the movie. But I would have later on toward the end cl- make it clear that Venom wants some sort of revenge well, and, then, and let it end like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But the, here comes the problem. This is I I believe this is what happened. Kevin Feige is like, no, <laughs> he's like. Absolutely not. He was like, you guys yeah. can take Spider-Man, but you will not attach us to any of that nonsense you've done in the past. And that's what they've done in the past. They had a director that warned them, like, we cannot introduce Venom right now. Don't do it. It's we, If we're not going to do it right, don't do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, Venom 2 better be Venom versus Spider-Man or it doesn't make any sense. Like, he doesn't even have that many stories, man. Like, no. what's up? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm telling you, honestly, man, it's not because I'm a, a Kevin Feige stan. He doesn't pay me. I don't get checks or anything like that. But I think he tried to warn them about Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it looked cool at first. And then you were left with this huge problem of, like, what are we doing with him now? <laughs> like, where, where, where? You know, I, here's what I'm saying. I respect Kevin Feige as a businessman and just like a, a, a badass, but I think he's the son of the devil. <laughs> I, I, I think he does. Like, I think he, he drinks baby's blood. Um, I, I, you know, you know, th- those Q guys, I think he's part of the, that whole shit. <laughs> like, he's what like, they're rallying against. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's the guy you don't ever, but he's the guy in the boardroom. You don't want to cross, you know, he's basically yep. Don Draper. He's Don Draper right now. He, look, he wears like, he wears caps and suits and he's like, I'm a simple guy. I'm just a simple guy. He's a bloodthirsty monster. <laughs> yeah. The next shot is of him strangling an intern in the room. <laughs> like the one leg kicking. No, it's true, dude. It's true. But he's shrewd as hell. He's like the type of guy you want to have helming the ship. I, I and look, I'm not right. You, me, and you, we've been friends forever, but you've been wrong about so many things, and this is your chance to be right. About it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you about? You've been wrong about DC publications outlasting Marvel. Now, here, if you'd have told me <laughs> that <laughs> actually, because of their new thing, I think that because they fired all those editors, I think they, they're destined for death. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have told you, you were wrong about the DCEU. You were you're wrong, just wrong about that. This is absolutely wrong. I'm trying to phrase this as nice as possible. I could not have predicted that the director of Justice League's daughter would take her own life. Right? Okay, right. That had nothing okay. to do with it. So, uh, God, it, God rest her soul. God, God, you know, God rest her soul. God, God, rest, God rest her soul. And, uh, but yeah. the, the Snyder Cut, if, if that's what you're resting your, your hopes on, to save the DC, you, you, you got this one chance. And I think ultimately, he is. It's coming back. It's coming back <laughs> <in> mind, <you laughs> <know>? <laughs> the DC, you had problems before. God rest her soul. Zack Snyder's daughter died, and I think that ultimately you're going to be wrong about the MCU Spider-Man and the impact that he's going to have. I mark my words. They will reset that character for the umpteenth billion time, <laughs> and it will look more like the Tom Holland Spider-Man because it's the only one that makes sense besides the original iteration of Peter Parker. Everything, so they've, everything they've done since uh, Maximum Carnage has been complete nonsense. Complete nonsense with Spider-Man. You know it. 
Oh, well, yo, I, I, I was watching another YouTuber, and I'm not going to get into who they were. Right. Uh, it's, it's like one of those corporate YouTube channels. But they were, like, theorizing that they're, like, they're going to adapt one more day for the movie. And I was like, that is the worst storyline freaking ever. You, you know that storyline, right? Yes. <laughs> Where Aunt May gets shot and, like, yeah. Spider-Man sells his soul to the devil to not yeah. make it. I'm like, you better be wrong. I think you're wrong. You better be wrong or I'm going to lose it. I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. <laughs> you know what? I, th- I don't think they. I don't think Kevin Feige has the balls to do something that bad. Just like I don't think he I has. Really, the, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he don't has think the so. balls to do anything as good as Secret Wars. Like I don't think he has what it takes to to look at that and go, you know, Hickman, you were right. This is <laughs> you've shown us the way. <laughs> Every superhero yeah, has no. to die. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I really don't think it's gonna happen. Um. But uh, I don't know, like it's it's you know, I'm more excited for Spider-Man three than almost like there's only, it's so funny fandom DC's fandom yeah this Marvel was totally silent and I thought Marvel was gonna announce things particularly X-Men castings like during the time they did nothing and <laughs> they just let they let DC think they were having their victory and they were announcing all these movies they got the rock up there the rock's like i'm i'm gassed about my new movie and it was just going on and on and so and then marvel just you know kevin feige's an evil master and he's like let them have this week <laughs> and then you know now that he's doing this i cannot imagine i'm more excited for this and dr strange than any other movie like you can have like you know there's there are rumors that like uh green lanterns coming back with ryan reynolds there's like all sorts of crazy stuff but there's nothing that's going to beat spider-man if all three spider-mans are there and the sinister sex there's nothing that's going to be uh, we haven't even talked about dr strange too we need to talk about dr strange too i mean we haven't even talked about the weirdest casting jamie fox who cared about him in the other movie right who cared about him but it's like kevin feige's like oh by the way you know that one obscure guy in that obscure role? He's going to be in it, too. Which- so, Jamie Foxx has let us know he's not going to be the blue version. Right. He's, he's going to be a different Dimensions version, but it's going to be him, and he's going to have Electro powers, right? Yeah. However, he is definitely the more charismatic villain as opposed to the lizard. Yeah, absolutely. Or their version of Green Lantern. But if you notice, so check this out. Here's my whole theory. Okay. So we know who the first three uh, Sinister Six members are. Okay, name them. And they're, they're, they're from Tom Holland's universe. So we got Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Uh, the Vulture. Okay. We've got Michael Mando as the Scorpion, as he's in the end oh, credit yeah. scenes. Right, right, right. Um, right. Or, or whatever. Um, who was my last one? <laughs> <laughs> the Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Jamie, um, Jamie Foxx? No, Mysterio, because Mysterio. he faked his death, right? No, he's dead. No, he, are you kidding me? Are you making a joke right now? The most obvious <laughs> thing that happened at the end of the movie is that he didn't really kill himself. <laughs> I think the most obvious thing about that is they can't afford to have Jake Gyllenhaal back. So he's probably really dead. No, are you Are you really, you want to put money on that, man? He's uh, definitely alive. I, I will put a six-pack on it of your choice. Just no exotics. <laughs> you mean no white claw? <laughs> I'm a king of beers type of guy. I'm an American. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> so those are the three Tom Holland universe guys, right? Okay. okay. So then they're gonna bring Jamie Foxx in, and he represents. He will be the representative of 
the uh, what's that? What, Andrew Garfield universe. Right. Okay. I can right? see it. Right. And my my thinking, my feeling, I'm really hoping this happens. Green Goblin, friggin' William Defoe from the Maguire world. He no, was but... amazing. What What are you talking about? <laughs> Have you? When's the last time you watched that movie? Yo, are you kidding? You don't like his performance as Green Goblin? <laughs> I mean, I would like an, maybe I would like an updated version. I just remember his performance being. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I just remember his performance being akin to a Power Ranger actor performance. Like, like but maybe. maybe that's what. <laughs> boy, hold on. That's now. what makes a good villain. <laughs> maybe it'd be better. Maybe it'd be better now. Here's my pick for the Sinister Six. All right, so I'm going to take the first three that you said. I'm going to leave. Oh wait, the- I didn't. I didn't name the last one. Oh, go That's for it. That's five. Go, go, go. <laughs> and so here's what I'm hoping happens. I'm hoping that they cast a woman to play Gaga. Olivia Octavius. I could dig it. I could dig it because and so she will represent the Miles Morales universe. And at that point, you'll have representatives from every Spider-Man franchise right there. I think that would be. I think that would actually be amazing because I actually liked Olivia Octavia. Uh, Octavia. That was the best. Yo, yeah. that shock. That shock blew my mind. Yeah, that was absolutely really. What, really like, cool. what was your name again? <laughs> <laughs> was I, like, her voice was so creepy too. She's like, I see right. you, Peter. <laughs> and, very creepy. and it's like, do your do your friends call you Doc Ock? She goes, No, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc. Doc. <laughs> you know what? I never get to talk to you about that movie. I know we were way off the beaten path now, but did you yeah. like Into the Spider-Verse? I think it's one of the most amazing Spider-Man movies ever. I agree. Uh, I saw it with my young, uh, my oldest son, and uh, I still got to see most of the movie, even though he was terrified. I took I took a, a, five, a four-year-old, I believe he was at the time, to see the movie, and at one point when a Kingpin kills the original Spider-Man, I was like, this was probably a bad move. <laughs> and like, I look over, and he's sitting there like, what's happening right now? Things we need to address in regards to the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man game. Wait on. Go for Wait it. Wait on before you go, think of that. So, yo, I went with my boy, uh, Frank, to go see Captain America Winter Soldier. This is back in the day. And his son was six at the time. He, he had a son when he was like a teenager or whatever. And we weren't thinking. We went there. And in at the end, Winter Soldier. And, you know, he. another thing is Frank is in the Army. He's a professional oh. officer in the Army. And at the end, when when Winter Soldier is murdering all those, those GIs, he told me his son couldn't sleep for weeks because he kept having nightmares that the Winter Soldier was going to murder his father. That is the second. I, that is the second time you've taken <laughs> you've taken this show to a very real dark place. We didn't even think that. That's we were like, should a kid see a Marvel movie? We didn't even think that that was a possibility. You know what? You should have told him what I tell myself every night. Don't worry, the Winter Soldier is a weak character, and he's only brought in when they can't figure out another plot device. <laughs> 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 but here's the thing, right? We have to address the Sony game Spider-Man. So this is a huge thing, right? So this, I, I know you're not you're not big into the games and stuff like that. But I, so, yet another universe, right? They've established that this is a Spider-Man from another universe. Spider-Man game is amazing. It's so much fun. This is actually something you can play with a child if you explain to them that there are some deaths in there. You just have to normalize that stuff. This version of Peter Parker is a little bit older. Probably in his late 20s, you catch him in his journey as Spider-Man. Some things have happened. Him and Mary Jane have split up. And he's, like, living life as best as he can. 
And I, when, I, when I say as best as he can, he's working with Doc Ock as his apprentice. Doesn't This is before Doc Ock becomes Doc Ock, and you kind of see a descent into madness for Doc, Doc Ock because he's going against uh, Norman Osborn. Great story. Great ending. It would be really cool if they somehow tied that in into this whole thing because it's just like Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know if diehards like ourselves have gotten to experience like, oh, man, they told a really good story over here. But in game format, like there's a scene where Norman Osborn uh, of Doc Ock is basically on the edge of insanity. And Norman Osborn comes up on a TV screen and he just starts to drift into madness. I was like, perfect. Perfect. I I mean, I should play it. I should should absolutely play it. And to be honest, I'm getting a five, man. I'm getting a five. Oh, you're doing it. You're pulling the trigger. I'm I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger. And basically, obviously, I'm going to be one of those guys who wait. For the glitches to be yeah, yeah. solved, as we know, every system has glitches the, in yeah, the beginning. Absolutely. So, so I'm gonna wait like six months before they have another another thing. Then I'm gonna get it. But I will get it. I think it's time. It's time. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's been yeah. long time. <laughs> because you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who gets systems after. Yeah. The last so system I've, he- I've heard you talk about was like the Xbox uh 360 i think you had right <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know i did get a i did get a one eventually but like okay. yeah no it's been a long time since we talked about it but yeah wait you got a one you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i got an ass or whatever no i'm gonna give you i'm gonna get you jedi fallen order and i expect a full review i'll pay for the game and everything but i, I are you just, serious yeah i want a full review of what you think about it okay. Okay. <laughs> that's on the internet for everyone to, to hold me accountable to it Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I mean, I'll definitely <laughs> check it out. Yeah, you know what it is. I'm uh, be, even though I'm a, a Star Wars like fanboy, I'm super skeptical of like their expanded universe. All right, so that's you know what we'll save that for another episode because we have something more juicy on the table that I've been waiting to hear you rant about for a little while. We're coming. We're, okay. Yeah, I know you're gonna have a lot of work to do in the post edit here, but we're coming to the end of the Spider Man topic. We got to talk about your girl Gal Gadot. <laughs> <laughs> and the controversy that she's found herself in recently. Okay, so I will accept she is my girl because I do love her. I love her. <laughs> but not in this particular situation. You're leaving her outside? You're not, you're not even going to back her up? Here's what I say. She needs to go, and th- I'm not making this up randomly. She should go play The Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> because she's, she's up for it, and she's like fighting with Angelina Jolie over there. Go play that. Don't play this shit. But anyway, go on. She's playing Cleopatra, man. She's been cast in the role of Cleopatra. So this is so this is crazy. This is let me tell you why it's crazy. Because if you're if you're not hip to this, there is a whole thing, a whole backstory about Egyptians in America. I don't know if this happens in any other country, if anyone cares about this. So to our Canadian fans, you're probably well above this type of thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a long-standing history and debate over the ethnicity of the ancient Egyptians, right? This has been going on for as long as I can remember as a kid. You know, they've either been depicted as Anglo-Saxon or, you know, British people have played them or, you know... You know, uh, white people. I was trying to refrain from saying white people, right? And there are a lot of minorities that are upset, uh, mostly black people, <laughs> that the Egyptians aren't depicted in a darker color. Disney got it one, got it right once, and the Prince of Egypt, they were brown in that that adaptation. Uh, 
So Gal Gadot is now cast as the Israeli depiction, I would say, is the politically correct way to handle this, of Cleopatra. And <laughs> some people have some feelings about it, Royce. Some very, they're as upset about this I as they were. I might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> people are as upset about this as they were gods of Egypt. Now, I don't know if you know this. That movie nearly brought the, the Republic to an end that day. <laughs> I didn't even mess with it. I didn't even mess with it. But the fact that they passed the guy who plays Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. By the way, the whitest show that ever has whited before. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a god of Egypt was crazy in my book. Like, I was like, I wouldn't even walk in the doors to see that. So, the but late, I heard it flopped. So, everyone seemed to Oh, it. it was horrible. But the late, great Chadwick Boseman was in it. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he plays one of the. I believe he plays the Egyptian god of knowledge. Yes, <laughs> but at any rate, so Gal Gadot they gave a bone to a black man. Okay, <laughs> so Gal Gadot is now found herself smack dab in the middle of one of the greatest debates to ever exist in this country. How you feeling about it, Rory? White Egyptians, go. <laughs> okay. So I had to do, I got it to, uh, from the moment it started, people started talking about it and it was like, there are some optic problems. And of course I got people trolling me and not trolling me, but attacking me. They're like, yo, she's Greek. She's Greek. She's Greek. So I did all this research online. So I'm, I might be overeducated about this topic, my friend. <laughs> okay. So. She was part of the city-state that ruled over Egypt that came from Greece and uh, actually more uh, more correctly, Macedon, yeah. right? So what it is is out during Alexander the Great's great conquest of the known world, he sent one of his generals, Ptolemy, to go set up a city-state down there and, you know, rule from there. He's basically the viceroy, the governor is the concept. However, when he was down there, you know, uh, Alexander's empire would end and the Roman empire would rise. Um, however, their kingdom in Egypt reigned, right? So they're Macedonian Greeks, right? right? Greek culture, Macedonian ethnicity. Those are white people. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Right. So I want to point out that it wasn't, it was 305 BC that this kingdom was founded. And, uh, and uh, Cleopatra was not born until 69 BC, meaning that's about 250 years of living in Egypt, right? Right. So, so people are like, well, she's still a Greek. And I'm like, what, they're importing Greeks for her to get for them to hook up with? And so people are like saying, like, they're pointing out some of her ancestors. It's true. They started marrying some of the Persian and Syrian royalty in that area and they're like well they're middle eastern which should make her even darker but they're like well th but that doesn't make her black right right interesting thing about cleopatra is she had a civil war with her sister arsino right and arsino ends up getting defeated and instead of killing her they exiled her to turkey where they set up a pyramid there they made their own like Turkish version of that, and her and her body was exhumed in nineteen six. Uh, no, I'm sorry, nineteen twenty six. Now they didn't have any genetic, no way to trace genetic materials back then, so they just had her bones, right, lying around in a museum. 
Well, in the modern age, they checked the genes and they checked all these things, and it was confirmed that she is a mix of Greek, uh, like white European, Middle Eastern, and African, as in black. <laughs> so we don't have Cleopatra's bones, but we have her sister's. Wait, this, so, wait, this is like same mama sister, right? That not different. Yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah, mama, same, same dad, same, same mama sister. <laughs> so what it is is um, now, of course, who knows? You know, at the end of the day, whoever knows who's anyone's father. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying that, of course, if you're living in that area, my argument is that if you've been there for two, two, 250 years. Not only are they probably marrying African royalty, but also you don't know if the queens are ever banging their servants. Here's the thing about this, right? <laughs> you like how I got all scientific with it. I know. You brought the science. and But it's, you forget that we're dealing with the internet. Science is not welcome here. Unless it, no, back, unless it backs up my point of view. Then I'm allowed to oh. quote. Oh, oh, wait. Hold on. I, I forgot to cite. So the people who did the genetic tests and the checking of all the bones, that is, his name is Hilke Thur from the Austrian Academy of Sciences. That's who did the study to discover that her sister was partial, partially black. Here's a crazy thing, right? So there's always been so much, uh, so much of this weird stuff in regards to Egypt. Right, like people want to lay claim to it. Like, I'm I'm gonna try to be as politically correct because I'm gonna be real with you. The algorithm demands that I be politically correct. This is one of those subjects I wish I could be really raw about. Would it kill him to to cast someone brown? Would it? Would it? Like, like this has got to be one of those things. Like, where they're trolling us at this point. They're like. Wider. <laughs> you know, actually, speaking, speaking of Lovecraft Country, I even on Twitter was like, yo, forget her. It should be um, Journey Smollett. And people went crazy for that idea. They loved it. They were like, yeah. No Smollett. You, you know, no Smollett's, man. You don't want that smoke in your life. You don't know well, what have you? Oh, have you seen she's – yo, people are not judging her on her brother. Like oh, since Lovecraft com, comes out, they love her. She's always had a great career though. It's, she's always done really well in a lot and like everything I've ever seen her in. Only thing yeah, I didn't, and I didn't like her was True Blood. I thought that was a, a throwaway part for her. I felt bad for her. Oh, I don't. I don't know her in that one. I, I didn't, wasn't a big True Blood fan. So. It's a horrible show. Doesn't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> but she's in Lovecraft Country and she's like. Uh, basically, here's what I'm saying. Both the man and the female lead are like they're selling sex. There's a lot of skin. There's a lot of sexuality. You know, clearly she's a mixed mixed race. Um, but I, I think that like someone like her would be the appropriate color we're looking for. So it's crazy. Like my, my point was going to be like, so forget about just black and white. If you ever speak to anyone of Arabic descent, (laughs) they lay claim to Egypt as well. And it's, it's a, it's a very complex argument where I have no problem telling all you people you're all wrong, right? We don't, (laughs) I will say this. If you get Egypt wrong, you get another historical character uh, figure wrong. That's all I'm gonna say. If you're a Bible reader, if you right. get if you if you get this one wrong, you right. get you get everything wrong. I personally would not have cast Gal Cadet for this, and this is not on some social justice shit. I just don't think. 
I I I don't I don't think it's accurate. I don't I don't yeah. see I don't see how it could be accurate. But even though here's the crazy thing, man. Have you ever heard of, heard of the Hebrew Israelites before? You heard of these people before? Are we talking about the guys on Forty Second Street who wear the genie pants? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think they've I think they've yelled racial shit at me while I walk down the street. So the crazy thing they're a- like all white people and mixed people are going to hell, like that guy. And I'm like what? <laughs> I'm minding my own business. <laughs> You're eating your grapes, papaya. You looking around like yeah, that, well- guy, that, <laughs> that guy. No, so there's a, a great YouTube video debunking them, and they go into like the historical claims that the Hebrew Israelites make which are insane but there's one part where they get to egypt and they go to and this is where you got to get you get dangerous with internet scholarship they go to uh some ancient egypt or egyptian art and they show a depiction of egyptians where they show nubanic uh the nubonic tribes that were coming into egypt and they're clearly depicted as white but whoever drew this particular picture uh depicted the egypt as egyptians as a fair skin or light you know white people i don't know I just don't know if that's physically possible given the climate, <laughs> like given the area. But it's, it's weird. I don't think Gal Cadet, and then in this era, like there's got to be someone in that casting room that says, "No, this is a bad move. Like this, this is a bad move, man." I ask this all the time because anytime you see someone like something crazy in a movie, right? And you're like, "Well, that is so racist." The whole thing is like, "Yo, bro, there's the producer." But there's always like 50 producers, depending on what they do. And they sit around and they talk about how the movie's going and the vibes and the tones. And how is it that in in, the – and plus the executives who come by, nobody comes by and ever says, I don't think we should do that. That's a little racist or that's a little sexist or whatever. How does this fly over people's heads? You know why? Because they're sitting there and they're like – Maybe it's not racist. <laughs> like, if you don't have anyone, you know, sitting there to tell you that type of stuff. So if we all look alike, think alike, why would I assume that that's racist? And not that I think that this is racist. I just think that it's strange, right? This is very, very, very strange. I don't like to throw the word racist around too much, but this is strange, right? Like someone's got to be in the room and go, man, this sucks that we're on YouTube right now. This is more of a private conversation, but someone has right. to be able to go like, hey, that got, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, like, we, like we can just look at the demographic given the time period. Were they Mesopotamians before? I mean, Macedonians before? Yeah, two hundred years is a long time to spend in a province. I doubt that they. And, and I heard you say that someone thought they had been inbreeding to keep her pure. Whatever idiot said that out loud on the internet <laughs> should not allowed to be, be allowed to breed right so you're talking about 250 years of breeding. just mar- marrying like the fucking your, your siblings and your cousins over and over again for 200 years she would not you know basically like suppose caesar and mark anthony like described her as the desert flower blah blah blah, blah. she would not she would be drooling on herself and have a hunchback if she was so inbred for unless, 250 years unless they were just into some real kinky shit they're like oh Oh yeah, <laughs> she comes in with a, a sagging face. It's idiotic. But here's the thing. Here's here's one more thing we haven't discussed. Why are we getting another Cleopatra movie? Why is this happening at all? Why did this get greenlit? Who is asking for this movie? Who wants this historical epic? What's the <laughs> who wants this stuff? So, so this is clearly 
the ego test of the film world. So here's what it is. Like there's the real world and what we want. And there's the filmmakers like, like for instance, this director, Patty Jenkins and other producers. And they still have this dream of ancient or old movies. Right. 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 And they still like, yo, back in like the olden days, the sixties and the seventies, eighties, whatever people wanted to see these movies about the historical people. They're like, I want to see Alexander the great. I want to see Caesar and all this shit. But that's not what people are into nowadays. As a matter of fact, I would say modern ignorance keeps us away from that. Yeah. I bet you there's a million people who are going to say, I don't even know who Cleopatra is. But back in the day, they read stories about Cleopatra. And they believe they're like, we're going to make this epic film, this three-hour film about a biopic about some ancient desert queen. People are not into that. If there isn't a giant action sequence, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, people really aren't into it anymore. And I think that's why there's a lot of these like flops or these movies that don't do as well. Because the, the people who make the movies are thinking of old Hollywood and they're trying to make it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, the problem is, though, like as a storyteller yourself, I'm sure you know what I'm about to say is like if the story was told masterfully once, what makes your story any different if we're working off the same source material? So uh, I don't know if you know, but, in, in, you know, in college, after political science, I did, you know, I ended up being communications and, you know, that's television production and radio production. So um, and what it is, is I fancy myself a little director. And there are times I see films that I'm like, I need to remake this because right. this guy didn't know what he was doing. And I can I can do it right. I'm the I'm the smart guy. And they're the idiots. Right. Um, and I'm sure what imagine people with money and power. They're gonna fucking want, want to do that, absolutely. So you know, it's 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 uh it's it's like a tough thing, you know. And also as a writer, like for instance, one of my dreams is to write an epic length poem. Mm. But the thing is, is because there's a legend about them. But the thing is, modern people don't fucking read that. No. Oh, they will never be able to sell that. They won't read it while you're alive. But once I get you strung out on heroin and you die in your own filth. It'll be worth something to me. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said to you, no, it'll be worth something to everybody. Bro. The crazy um, thing is, but like, look, wait, wait but there's got to be someone who's a, a financial department, right, that studies the analytics. They look at how movies have trended. So look at Ben-Hur, the re-release of Ben-Hur, the reimagining of Ben-Hur. That movie flopped. I've never seen it, and I've never heard a great thing about it. And it's got one of the greatest actors that ever lived, Morgan Freeman. God, re- you know, God rest his soul. Oh, he's alive. Morgan Freeman. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> he's a national treasure. If this shit goes down, Morgan Freeman, The Rock, and uh, yeah, those are probably the only people they'll save. The Rock's gonna be on, well, maybe not next, but next to next president. Yo, he's absolutely, but he's, he thinks he is, too. That you're, you're not far from the truth. But they remade this movie, and no one asked for it. And you know what happened? I don't always think it's the audience's attention span. It is sometimes, most of the time. I don't think it's their intelligence level, which it is most of the time. No one wanted it, so they didn't go see it, right? No one wanted this movie. I think the people who did want to see this movie saw the original Ben-Hur, and they were like, no, this is a moment frozen in time, as shitty as that movie is, and it's shitty. (laughs) As shitty as that original movie is, it has that nostalgic feel. They tried to do uh, gods of not gods of Egypt. What was the one with Christian Bale? Uh, gods. Of oh, Men- Moses was the Moses one. Yeah, the Moses one. The same guy who did the uh, the Ten Commandments. Oh, not Ten right. Commandments. Uh, uh, Noah's Ark movie. Horrible. Absolute nonsense. Right. That's that's the thing. Back in the olden days, people loved Bible stories, but there weren't many stories to be told. Yeah. Nowadays, people are like, 
That's what church is for. I don't need to go to see this. Yeah. I mean, the last but, time I watched the movie... Or even Alexander didn't do well, right? No, it did. actually, you know what's crazy? I've watched the extended cut of that. Don't tell me. Don't ask why. Like, two years ago. And I was what? like... Oh, that was like a... Three, what? <laughs> that was like a damn near a four-hour event. And when I re-watched the extended cut, I was like, wow. I actually enjoy everything about this movie except for the guy playing Alexander because I just don't think he could uh, he could really land that part really well but yeah I agree with you I don't think people really want this stuff uh, I mean it, it would... keep going keep going <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think people want it but you know what I'm not. A, I'm. I didn't go to school for film. I. What do I know, man? I. I watch some movies. I make a. I make a podcast. <laughs> I. You know. Yeah. My. My whole job is to shit on creative people and tell them how uncreative they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. No. You're right. And so the the genre is called swords and sandals. Yeah. These epics. Um, and I just don't think there's a market for them. Just like the way cowboys went away. They keep trying to bring cowboys back. It's not working. I, no I one's like Cowboys. I did like you know? Magnificent Seven with Denzel Washington, but at the same in the same vein, I realized that there were probably more snobby people who did not enjoy that movie. But I I, I thought it was okay. <laughs> but what, what basically what I'm saying is there was a time when like Cowboys were like the superhero movies of their time. Like yeah. people, that was where they went for action and yeah. romance, and they were all about. They couldn't wait for the next one, and it died out. And yeah. I feel like Swords and Sandals another one. Um, but then again, you know, as a director, there's this ego where you're like, I'm, I'm going to make this one happen. Pa- Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. So in my – I mean, this is a very complicated matter. <laughs> but Pat, Patty Jenkins is the female director who's brought in the most amount of money. Okay. Now, there is an argument to say she – because she did Wonder Woman – there is an argument that she didn't and that it's the Wachowski siblings, but I do not buy into that. <laughs> the Wachowski? Oh, the uh, the Matrix? <laughs> you don't have to say details, but I'm saying the, the woman who brought it, the director who brought in the most yeah. uh, as a woman is Patty Jenkins, period. Yeah. Is, she, is she attached <laughs> to the Cleopatra? Uh, Cleopatra? Yeah, she's doing Cleopatra, and I think that she just kind of has this ego, and she's like, and you know, you're an artist, you're like, I want to, I want to do this crazy thing, right, 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 because people have done it before. Just like I want to write the epic poem that no one's going to read. People <laughs> read epic poems back in the day; they don't read three hundred page poems anymore, you know. But it would be cool to write one. Like it's so romantic. <laughs> I know, except for it doesn't stay romantic forever, does it? Every epic poem I've ever read before turns dark, really dark. Oh, in it's the all dark. <laughs> That's but, that's humans for you, or, or we're happy one minute, but that's just for one minute. Give it an hour. <laughs> one minute, letting our own wrists, or cutting your ears off and sending it to a woman. <laughs> like this is this is a good move. She's gonna respond well to this. I you know screw this movie, man. And you know what? Here's why I screw this movie. Not because of Gal Gadot. Actually, I'm actually really happy for her in her career. Just think, there was a point where the Fast and Furious franchise might have been it for her. Right? Like, that could have been her her peak. And she that, did turn that around. Yeah, like, she turned it around really well. I just... I'm not going to see this one with you, Roy. I can tell you all honestly, but... So, wait. Go ahead. I got, I got some possible good news. What's that? So, uh, there was 
a Sony is possibly, you know how they, you know, sometimes they make movies that are like the same and they put them out at the same time, right. like Deep Impact and Armageddon or whatever, you know, like these things. So Sony has a competing one going nice. on. And my theory is like, I'm like, if they put a Cleo, because no one owns the rights to Cleopatra. No. It's a historical figure from, you know, thousands of year ago, years ago. If they put out a fucking opposite one where Sony uses a dark-skinned actress, Sony could win that fight. You know what's crazy, man? But the climate we're in right now, so I don't know if you know this, right? Right now, it's really cool to be anti-anything like that. Their entire YouTube channels based off of that type of stuff where it's just like, oh, did you have to put a black person in it? And I'm just like, okay, whatever, dude. I think if Sony does that, it would be the most gangster move. I think both movies flop because no one gives a shit. But I, right, I agree. Not a lot of people give a shit. But I would go see the black one. Oh, 100%. Black Leah Oh, 100%. Like, wait. <laughs> you know what they and should get? I love Patty Jenkins and I love Gal Gadot. And I love white people. I love white people. <laughs> like, just uh, me, my disdain to Yo, I love white people. My accountant is a white person. So I'm not racist. Uh, makes the most of my <laughs> <laughs> uh, what but yeah, no white people are great. White people are great. <laughs> makes the most amount of sense. You know what's gonna be great about this movie, right? Is that if Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four bombs, which it will, uh it won't bomb in the box office, but it would be remembered as a horrible film. At least Gal Gadot can fall off on this, right? Because they could do sequels on this. They could do Cleopatra, Cleopatra's back. Wait a minute. <laughs> why are you hating on Wonder Woman? What's going on here? <laughs> what do you mean, why am I hating on Wonder Woman? I've seen this movie before. It was called Captain America. Well, yeah, the first one was very Captain America-like. But don't you want to watch the 84? Yeah. No, She's I'm... in them all. She's in them all. <laughs> I'm going to go see 1984. But you know why they did that, right? Why they set it to 1984. This wasn't some stroke of creative genius. It was like they didn't know. Everything's they... in the 80s now. <laughs> they didn't know. Right? Where, they didn't know where the DCU franchise was going. How did we end up back here? Because I'll always find room to shit on DC. <laughs> like, they didn't know where the DCU franchise was going. They're like, So we're just going to separate ourselves a little bit more. I think it was a great move. But I think Gal Gadot can act. I think she's a. I think she's a good actress, right? Would you agree on that? Uh, I know. I love her. Yeah. I, I, I like. I absolutely love her. Name I four movies. I just wish she didn't sign up for this. And like I said, I want her to. I want her to get Bride of Frankenstein. I want her to do that. That, that would, would be a great, great movie. That would be great. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know what else I would really like to see her in? This is going to be really, really worth. If they actually did like a movie like Helen of Troy, boom. I feel like it's in the same category, isn't it? Like these ancient figures that like, you know, kids don't, you know, it's so funny. When I was a kid, like everyone knew the Odyssey and they knew, you know, and they knew all this stuff. These kids don't fucking know what that is. You know, the, the, the other day, the other day, remember, remember Twitter for a couple of days, people were talking about how there was a study was done and they were saying teenagers don't know how many people died in the Holocaust. Right, and right. a bunch of them thought it was just a thousand and they didn't realize that it was like millions. It's eleven million, right? So it's it's six million Jews and five million undesirables, including blacks, gypsies, and other and and like you know mentally yeah. handicapped people. It's freaking horrible. But the like apparently the modern age kids don't know this. Yeah, 
Wait, hold on for a second. Let me don't just give the modern age kids uh, slack. There are mo- there are a lot of people who don't know about the undesirable part, right? They don't. They assume that the Holocaust was strictly Jews, and it was. They were the bulk share, and that's horrible. I'm not taking it yeah. away, but there were other things going on there that people don't know about. Most kids are morons nowadays. No offense to anyone that's a kid that's watching this show right now. You shouldn't be able to see this because it's probably going to be restricted. <laughs> anyway, this shouldn't be on kids. Too. Restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, we don't let anyone just watch this this brilliance. No, but, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no I, they wouldn't understand it. They're too stupid. No, um, but yeah, no, no. It's true. You're right. Right, what you're saying. Young people are stupid. <laughs> And they need to, they need some schooling, you know what I'm saying? Kamala Harris agrees with us. She also referred to young people as stupid. Look it up. <laughs> this is a fact. It's on record. No. <laughs> yes, she did. No. Yeah, Are you yeah. serious? It's college age people. Yes, it's on record. <laughs> I mean, now I may vote for. I mean, I may vote for Biden. As if we're all not voting for Kamala. Come on. It's so it's so it's so crazy, man. To think about it, like to think about the movie that's going to be made about this era is going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You should write the screenplay about this. Write the screenplay within a screenplay. No one's ever done that before. Write a screenplay within a screenplay within a screenplay. Right? Are you following me? So your character is, is writing about another character who's writing about another character who's writing about another character. And you get to follow. No, but the the, per- the person, the third person is writing about <laughs> yeah. was the first person. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. And it was Joe Rogan all along. <laughs> Yo, you ever see Adaptation? Yes. So in Adaptation, there are two examples of horrible movies because it's all about screenwriting. Yeah, yeah. And those two movies, ideas that he was making fun of that were stupid – Ended up becoming movies. Oh, that was the, the one with Nicolas Cage, and he had, he plays himself as twins. Yeah, right? he plays yeah, yeah. twins, right? So, like, the twin brothers, like, I have this, you know, his script is called The Three. And he's like, it's about this murderer who has multiple personalities disorder. And at the end, he turns out to be all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So, you know, another thing is that, like, the the guy who's, like, pretentious, when he makes the wrong screenplay, he's like, the story should start at the formation of the Earth. And the Earth gets formed, and we see the lava period, and then we see the crustaceous area, and we see dinosaurs evolve, and the evolution of Earth. And he keeps going on and on and on, because he doesn't, he, you know, he's trying to avoid getting to the point. And then later on, he realizes that that's stupid. And, yo, Brad Pitt was in a movie called The Tree of Life, and it is exactly like that. It starts like that. Wait, Brad Pitt was in that? I thought that was Hugh Jackman. No, that's the fountain. <laughs> where he's guarding a tree. Where he's guarding a tree in space. You know, Brad Pitt is in this hyper-pretentious, garbage-ass movie where he's like a suburban dad who hates his family and nothing is said or done in it. And, and it has that going on. Where it starts with a dinosaur. It's so weird. It's garbage. Dude, it's so crazy, man, to think that <laughs> every actor gets roped into one of those movies. Have you ever heard Brad Pitt's reasoning for doing Troy before? He was like, I needed it on oh, my resume. He's like, I needed it on my resume. He was like, I needed to make the big action flick. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So why did you need to make the movie about the tree? <laughs> well, no, that one, because that one was nominated for an Oscar. Was it? Yeah. 
the tree of life and like it's just a pretentious piece of shit and like you know what i'm looking forward to with this show roy we're gonna get to do oscar watch parties with each other when we can finally tell america what we really think about the oscars and <laughs> yo yo honestly here's what it is we're gonna wear tuxes we're gonna wear tuxes and we are gonna have a far freaking watch along party <laughs> it's horrible and, and, and people are gonna watch us judge these people it's gonna be great i'm gonna be honest with you about about uh topic three man so i feel like a bit of a nerd thinking about this topic and talking a lot about it the fan adaptation because we're going from the brad pitt tree thing right and now we're talking about fan adaptation but just hear me out for a second, man. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> listening. I'm, I'm, I'm focused in on you, bro. So I wanted to talk about fan adaptation. <laughs> I wanted to talk about fan adaptation. Because I have a short attention span now. I'm everything you hate in a, a consumer, in a media consumer. YouTube has ruined me in that way. You have exactly- As a writer, I fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah, you, you have exactly- People 50. are like, stop being poetic, just cut to the chase. <laughs> Get have, to the sex scene. You <laughs> have 15 minutes to rope me in, right? Before I watch your show for seven seasons to find out that it was really Holdor holding the door. <laughs> <laughs> you got 15 minutes to rope me in with a good incest scene or something like that. But <laughs> here's the thing, right? That, so, that's Game of Thrones. And, yeah, yeah, know, it, it, it got me but it, it's basically i was on youtube one day and i was just kind of going through my feed and then i saw something pop up for uh, a darth maul fan fan adaptation adaptation that i'd never seen before and it was really good i've seen a lot of star wars fan adaptations and most of them are shit right it's just a bunch of martial artists running around and cloaks and stuff like that and everybody's got a, cam a three millimeter camera and filming it this was actually cool because it takes place with Darth Maul kind of in a, a room where he's just observing the goings-ons of the universe, right? Because in Star Wars, there's no distance that no be no message can't be beamed, right? You can see stuff right. across right. galaxies, right? And he's just kind of watching stuff, and you hear Palpatine's voice talking to him about, you know, what the Jedi are and blah, 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 blah. And some Jedi happen, of course, to show up to this world, and this is like Dar this is Darth Maul's final test. And you know how they have that arc with the Sith where you have to do something really heinous to become a Sith. To, to really join. You yeah, know, you're yeah, hazing yeah, shit. Or yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you gotta eat a few yeah. babies, kick a few dogs. And I watched it, man, and it just dawned on me while I was watching this whole thing, even though this is pretty bad, too. It was actually pretty good, right? The costumes are decent. The, the transition between shots are pretty decent. And I was like, man, there are a lot of great things on the internet about fan adaptation. But this is why I really threw this on there. It wasn't about Star Wars. Fuck George Lucas. It was about probably the greatest fan fan adaptation movie ever made. Do you remember the Batman versus Predator versus Alien fan adaptation? I do. <laughs> I, I totally do. And I actually think I, I watched it in your basement. Yes. <laughs> and another one we saw, I could have sworn there was a Predator versus Alien versus Wolverine one. Oh, there was a uh, there was a Predator versus Wolverine one. Yeah, Not and he's and he's in costume. He's in costume. Yes. He's walking through the mud in the in the jungle. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Some of these are well done, man. Some of these are super well done. Are there any any that have ever caught your eye? Like, is there one that ever like? So the thing that blows my mind, and I actually, I'm sorry, you know, I'm such a Star Wars geek. Uh, it, I watch it maybe every two weeks. Like, I just have to watch it, and it's not like. It's just a fight. Okay. But but it's Star Wars, um, a little studio, a special effects studio, CS-38. 
does an Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, yeah. versus versus Vader when yeah, they're old. Every, yeah, it's amazing. Because if you notice, it's so weird. Lucas redid Star Wars. He did this thing, and he kept that garbagey fight between them. It doesn't make any sense. It's like two old men be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> It's so obnoxious. And these guys have it, and you think it's going to go the same way, and they pull out the fight, and they're going nuts. Yeah, that's, how, that's cut- beautiful. Yeah, and they're just cutting everything. The special effects are really good. And to be honest, like I, I know – People will think I'm evil for saying this. I think they should cut that into the movie. They should take that Sold. and put that in the movie. Sold. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> another thing they, they, they always say, like some people, like I think Lucas was like, well, Obi-Wan and Vader are old, so they can't be good fighters. And I was like, but you have Yoda flipping around and freaking cutting people's heads off. <laughs> Right, so it makes no sense that Obi Wan, nineteen years after he's thirty, so he's like forty nine, but he looks like he's seventy. Yeah, is unable to like he's like fighting like an idiot. And I'm saying this is a good one. You know, they 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 use the deep fake technology to put the yeah. face on them. Have you seen those deep fakes? Yeah, some of them are really scary. Some, some of those. Are... Some my of those... favorite. My favorite one is uh, Margot Robbie as Captain Marvel. I haven't seen that one, but that seems like Yo, an amazing. Look it up. That looks like an amazing casting, actually. Yeah, look, look it up because they just show different scenes with her in, in it, and I'm like, I really wish they had cast someone else as Captain Marvel. You know what? <laughs> like, I'm not in disagreement with you at all about that. I don't. I, I would, that's another pitch meeting I would have liked to just been sitting in. I, obviously, I would be bringing the old white men their water, just kind of walking around in the background, but it was like someone threw that name out there like Brie Lawson, and someone said, sold! <laughs> like they were... <laughs> so she's an actress who is known for having a bitch face. Uh, so uh, it, it, did you, you know, you did you see Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, man. Amazing. Um, so she is the hot, the hot yep. rocker, but the point that they hired her is because she has a bitch face and she's mean to everybody because she's a rich chick, and everyone else is poor, right? right? And she's so better than everyone. But I'm saying you don't cast a superhero with someone who has a bitch, uh, resting bitch face. So I mean, but I don't think they know what to do with that character. Just think about the existence of Captain Marvel and Mar. In Marvel Comics, like it's she's been so many things. I think the the worst part about her character, man, is not. I hate to say this, man. I feel bad about how quickly the adult industry jumped on that character, dude. Like someone actually made a YouTube video about it. And they were like, dude, the movie wasn't out a week <laughs> before they were making full full on adult films. But yeah. back to you, that Star Wars one you were talking about. Actually, you know what makes that a really good that fight, the remastered fight between Obi Wan and Darth, is that they play the uh, Padme death music in it, which is also featured in a uh, Fallen Order, and it's yeah. that is quite possibly yeah one of the best fan of ta- fan ad- adaptations I've ever seen. They do all this stuff that obviously Lucas couldn't have done at the time. Like for instance, when after Obi Wan dies, right. uh, Vader Vader goes and he goes to uh, like he uses the Force to take his take his blade. Uh, and as you hear that, you hear the faint ver- sounds from Episode Three, 
where he says, Anakin, you were the chosen one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh, wow, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, that, that's such a better way to do it. And that is something that I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me about, mad at me for saying. I'm sorry, but I got to say it. There's not much emotional depth in the star original Star Wars movies, and that makes sense for their time. Like, you know, some of these actors had never been seen before, and they didn't, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they, they- I know what you're saying, and, and here's the reason why I'm a fan of the sequels and everyone hates the sequels. People act as if they're so critical of the sequels, and they're like, they're, they act like it's Shakespeare, no. <laughs> and I'm like, the original Star Wars, the original three, were garbage. They were cheesy movies. Yeah. You know, like, he's just like... They're one step want, away from being he's Kroll. Like, he's, yes, exactly. He's like, Uncle Owen, I wanted to go to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That is not poetic. But nowadays, trolls would say that's garbage. Yeah. But yeah. at the time, it was just cheesy 70s movie making. Yeah. I, it's honestly, man. Uh, I think that some of the best stuff I've seen from Star Wars has come peripheral to like the main story. Like I am the minority here. I'm almost sure of it. I really enjoyed uh, Rogue One. I thought that was quite possibly the. They just nailed it. They it's nailed one of the best. Yeah, they they absolutely nailed it. And then even seeing Vader for that brief moment, it was like, all right, so that person, that thing I saw in that movie looks like a Sith Lord that would be equated to their version of Satan. He moved through that entire thing. Like, that scene was done massively. Just cutting people up <laughs> using the force. force. I love how he puts the guy on the ceiling and he's like... Pfft, like, it's not... Like, <laughs> Actually, there's a great skit about the Fallen Order game because there's a lot of hacking and slashing, but no one's arms fall off in the game. And I think it's amazing, dude. Actually, you know what's crazy? I think that scene in uh, at the end of uh, Clone Wars with Darth Maul is very much like that scene with Darth Vader. like Where he doesn't have a lightsaber, but... But he's freaking killing him with his telekinesis. Yes, yes, I, absolutely. That's great. And the reason that's the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up, right, about the fan adaptation for Star Wars in particular. I've realized something now, and I'm willing to be corrected. George Lucas might have been on heroin when he made these movies, and I think there are better people who can do it better on the internet for free, and they won't get another dime from me. Until I see something as good as that Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader remaster. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. So basically, it is my dream. Right. It is my dream to take a bunch of, like, digital artists or whatever, guys who do deep, deep fakes, and fix movies that have problems with them. <laughs> and trust me, a lot of Star Wars movies are on the list. <laughs> Name three. Um, so I would definitely say the last Jedi, I could re-edit the crap out of that movie. You know, <sighs> that movie was really, really bad. And, and, and actually the last one, uh, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, I would uh, actually adjust that one too. Yeah. Also, very I bad. feel like I could do an edit that could, would make it more satisfying, satisfactory. Would you, you know? change, uh, anything from the prequels? Attack of the Clones. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so here's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, it's true. Phantom Menace had all these problems. However, it is all right as a movie. It's just like it's a kid's movie. Yeah. But Attack of the Clones is just complete gibberish. 
It's nonsense. It's you're like, what is going on? Who did this? What the? And I feel like I could re-edit it to make it at least a little more palpable. You know? I think I would get rid of that entire frolicking scene. Like, as a Star Wars fan, that was one thing I remember giving you guys. And I came, in, I became a Star Wars fan later in life, right? Like, I, really I know, started, I remember. <laughs> I really started you were to like, appreciate after the prequels, and you, were, you used to criticize me and Sully, being like, "What is this garbage?" <laughs> I remember looking over at you when they were frolicking in the grassy, and you wouldn't even look at me <laughs> because we had just had a long debate. <laughs> we had just had a long debate about the nonsense of Star Wars. But you know what? I I do I do believe that I would take the prequels over. The new three, even though I like a new, uh, what was the, uh, the first? Wait, hold on. Can you hold on one second? Yes. It was Force Awakens, but hold on. Yep. So Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So let me tell you what my vision was for that, right? Since we're talking about fandom, which is just fan adaptation. That movie, the pitch that we got as fans, right, is not the movie that was delivered. But I wasn't mad at it, right? So here I was thinking when I saw that first trailer, the very first trailer of Finn in the desert, kind of popping up, sweating, breathing. My first thought was, all right, the Force is doing something different. 
it's just going to pick someone, right? So we're going to get this Jedi Padawan-like character thrusted upon us. Because you see him with the lightsaber, and there's obviously... And I, I hadn't really taken time to, to really break down in the, my head. They're like, wait, why are there Sith? What's going on here? <laughs> like, there's supposed to be... I thought there was the rule of two, all that nonsense. But I, I didn't think about it, because I was just like, oh, wow, we're getting more Star Wars, and we're going to get a new vision of Star Wars. Divorce. Yeah, I don't think anyone thought about it, right? And people just wanted more, you know, whatever. They're like, yeah. You know, you just, just give me what we have. Yeah, just give me what you got. And then you, because you have to remember the entire presentation, I'm going to take you back in time. It broke on like Good Morning America and uh, that type, those type of shows. They're like, hey, we're going to get more Star Wars, but we're going to get these standalone films. I don't know if you remember this, but Rogue One wasn't supposed to be the only standalone we got. There were supposed to be other ones too that just. It, yeah, yeah, it was Solo that ruined it. Solo was a yeah. flop. Yeah. It, yeah. it didn't it like it barely made its money back like it like i don't think it did make its money back because they had to do all these reshoots yeah. it's the most expensive uh, star wars movie and it didn't it like made a little over its its number and you it's know, crazy it, was like, oh. it wasn't even that bad to be honest with you. have you watched it i i have and actually speaking of deep fakes i've watched a couple times it's not that bad and what the problem with the major problem with that movie is She's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yo, now that we have deep fakes, I was saying, like, I saw uh, I saw a great deep fake where they put Harrison Ford's face on him. And I'm like, now that's a movie I want to see, even though it's the same movie. It had all the ingredients uh, to win. It even had Darth Maul talking about deep fakes with the, the actor that you would know Darth yeah. Maul as and the voice actor you would know Darth yeah. Maul as. Yeah. Dude, it I had everything. I think the craziest thing about about this whole situation, and some of the, I, I could like send you an entire library links of people who've made who've dedicated their time to making these Star Wars fan films. Have you ever seen the one uh, from? Actually, I'm not going to shout out anyone else's channel, but there's a very well known Star Wars uh, content creator, and he became uh, internet famous for making a Darth Vader film, and it's quite possibly regarded as the best fan fan adaptation of Darth Vader. Great fight scene with Sidious. It kind of gives you the story afterwards of how much Sidious is a dick and how much he probably effed with Darth Vader on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> like having ruined his life. And I just, I don't get it, man. I know this is probably a dead topic, but it's something I wanted to talk to you about. You got George Lucas, Johnson, and what's the other guy's name? Singer? Brian Singer, is that his name? No, no, Brian Singer's the X-Men guy. So, yo, it was George, oh, um, J.J. Abrams. Abrams. I always get those two confused yeah, right, <laughs> for right, different, right. For, for not good reasons. Three, right. <laughs> three guys, and they all suck. <laughs> they all suck at this, dude. And they all suck. So, don't wait, you, hold on. I will say. Don't you defend the new them, one. Right? I will. <laughs> so, the whole thing is that J.J. Abrams I think he did a good Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay. And so he apparently he gave the the franchise Bible to Ryan Johnson and in an interview, <laughs> Ryan Johnson brags that he threw it away. He was like, They gave me it, I threw it away. I said I'm gonna do whatever I want. And basically in it was JJ Abrams' plans for a story. So then when they hired JJ Abrams back to fix the story, he's pissed that his story got messed up. So he tried to redo his story. 
in one movie, and you can't you can't do it. You, he he lost a movie. He tried to basically put two movies in one movie. You know what the crazy thing is uh, with uh, Last Jedi. I get what Johnson was trying to do there. He's not the guy to do it, you know, and especially not the guy to do it sober or inebriated. Apparently, <laughs> so <laughs> I get where where they would go with the whole thing. I think if I was coming back into it, and even if I was pissed seeing my baby messed up, I think that's half the fun of being creative about something. It's like, all right, so what can I do with what 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 I have, right? Because there was some there was some stuff there you could work with, and I know for a fact your average YouTuber who does these type of films would go, hey. So this is where we're going with it. They killed Luke, right? Nothing you can do about it. Why cry over spilled Right, right. <laughs> he was an OP character anyway. It's no worse than what they did to him in the expanded universe. Have you ever read right, it? Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. That's a good point because, like, you know, like, for instance, in Rise of Skywalker, they have her go back to the planet and, like, he's there and he's a ghost, but he can touch and feel and use the force and he's doing all this shit. And I'm like, what is going on? Should he be dead? Should he should be able to raise an X-Wing if you're dead? Well, wait. That's what dying is. Yoda burned a tree down. I was like, this is like... It was so stupid, man. It was so stupid. So, no, I agree with you. When they're dead, they should be dead. Move on. You're right. No, you know... Even though it it sucks that like people are like we don't have we don't have uh, Luke anymore, they could still salvage that and have fun and ha- make the characters just do cool things. Don't waste time and talk about their ghost. Yeah, no. And then Luke's ghost was whatever X Y and Z. F that man. Move on. I think I think the so someone on uh, on Facebook that I follow pretty closely. He actually yeah, I think he writes comics and stuff like that. It just hasn't been picked up by a big name. But he just said that he's going to be writing the Finn story because he feels like the character was gravely misused. And I agree with that. Not because he's black, right? I just realized that, like, there's a character that they were just kind of like, <laughs> like, they just literally said, I will say that I think J.J. Abrams intended him to be force sensitive. Yeah. Which you could tell in the last one he did. Absolutely. But the fact that, J- that Ryan Johnson dropped that. Like, he should have continued that story. Absolutely. I 100% believe that and, Finn was supposed to be a bigger character than he turned out to be. Yeah. And in the second one, he made, actually made all the minority characters. People point out what a white supremacist Ryan Johnson is. Because he made the Spanish guy and the black guy and the Chinese girl useless idiots who fail at everything they do. Here's the thing. Can a heroin addict slash methamphetamine addict be a white supremacist? Oh, I guess that's like the, I guess that's like their, their key demographic, right? Sorry. Actually, I want to talk about a, this brings me into a different topic. And we probably shouldn't be jumping topics, but whatever. So, I, I, you know, so um, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. And someone posts a thing about like um, women who did something also. It was basically it was like. The two teams that have women coaches on the NFL were against each other. It was Washington Redskins oh, and I yeah, believe yeah. the Browns. And they put it on. And they're like, look at look at all these achievement of women. So you watch the boys, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, haven't, I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't finished the season. But you watched the, you started the season? Yeah. I'm two episodes. So, I, I, so I put, girls get it done. <laughs> and and then I put I put uh, a gif of Stormfront and have you uh, you know about Stormfront or no you know her thing? Uh, I have I know that something bad happens to her. I don't 
want to know what happens to our watch. I know something really bad happens to her because I've no, actually- there's something about there's a, our character has a characteristic. Oh, she just talks uns, unsavory amongst people. Really? What is it? Just tell me. Now I gotta know. She's a white supremacist behind closed doors. <laughs> so I put an image of her flying through the air with lightning. And, you know, the people who were like, what are you doing? And I was like, what's the problem? And they're like, why are you putting this white supremacist on my shit? And I was like, yo, there's nothing. More, we're talking about feminism. There's nothing more feminist than a woman flying through the air with lightning bolts flying out of her hands. And she goes, well, she's not a feminist if she's a white supremacist. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I think you can be a feminist and still be a white supremacist. It's not cool to be a white supremacist, certainly. That's a shitty thing to be, but I'm saying you could you could still be a feminist. Yeah. Could still be a Nazi who's like women get it done. You know what I'm yeah, he just means white women. <laughs> yeah, so right, and it started a debate. It started a debate. Women are chiming in, and they're like, "It's disgusting." And other people are like, "Why? What's the problem?" And yeah. you know, it's crazy, man. It was crazy. Yeah. But the question is, is that does it does it suddenly invalidate does it suddenly invalidate somebody's <laughs> feminism because they're a white supremacist? And I would argue no. Right. Even though I'm not, I'm not trying to side with the whites. I certainly, I'm not trying to white, side with the white supremacists. But, um, <laughs> but they're, mul- <laughs> they're multifaceted. Is that where you're going with this whole thing? <laughs> no, but, uh, it doesn't. You can't. You basically just because you're disgusted at one characteristic of a person doesn't mean you can remove it from them. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, so so what you're saying here is essentially that even if you don't like number forty five, there's something redeemable about them. Well, no, to be more specific. specific. So here's what I'm saying. Even if you don't like anything 45 does, he's still a Presbyterian because he was baptized in a Presbyterian church, and none of you (laughs) haters have the right to take that away from him. And, like, just because you don't like his daughter doesn't mean she can't be a feminist as well as a supporter of her father. Just like Margaret Sanger. Saying? Right. All these Democrats are Margaret Singers, but I should not be saying this on YouTube. I think that's a good place to end right there. <laughs> We've gone over the edge. <laughs> Actually, I like it, man. I had a great time tonight. Did you have fun? I had an amazing time. I, the only part I hated was the technology part. <laughs> the technology part. Wait till you know you in the beginning when I was getting everything wrong? No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It, it wasn't that bad. Here's the thing, man. Right? I'm a patient guy when it comes to that type of stuff. We could have taken all night to do it, but as long as I got to do that with my friend, doesn't matter to me because I'm a friendly guy. And I've turned Thank over you. to. Thank I've turned I, over I was to worried me. I was annoying you. No, no, you're not annoying me. But all you other motherfuckers who thought I would never change, I changed, bitch. Good night. Actually, it's funny that Steve is the technologically savvy one, and I'm the moron <laughs> drooling on himself. Yo, my. My pants are stained from my drool. That's how stupid I was with the technology. She was like, hit the button. I was like, what button? I don't understand. It was pathetic. Right. But anyway. Go ahead. Oh, are we, what no, were you saying? No, no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I had a great time tonight. I hope you all out there had a great time. And we'll be doing these at least once a week. Actually, yeah. Once a week. Once a week. Having a good time. And uh, 
We'll get you all the details that you need where you can email and uh, make topic suggestions, <laughs> threaten us. <laughs> I would prefer that you do that to Roy's personal email. <laughs> and if you have good stuff to say, send it to the email that I'll provide. Yeah, down, yeah, down in the comments, comment on anything you want, particularly can you be a white supremacist and a feminist at the same time? Please let me know in the comments. Oh, wait, can you be a black supremacist and be a, uh, a, a feminist at the same time? I have definitely met chicks like that. What, black supremacists? That should definitely be... Black supremacists, but I've also met black supremacist feminists. That You know what, ladies and gentlemen? We found our topic for next week. We will be discussing black supremacy and feminism. <laughs> Yo, let's do that. That's a, good, that's a good topic. Provided 45 doesn't do crazy stuff, you know? <laughs> because he keeps giving topics, man. We originally were going to talk about whether he really had COVID. We didn't even get to it. Yeah, the crazy thing about it is I'm scared to even turn on the, that town hall thing, right? Like I, like I said, they were talking crazy talk when my mom was watching it, and I was like, "Do I want to watch this? I'm scared." Oh, it's absolutely amazing, Roy. It's been a pleasure, Fat Mantis. Yo, it's, yo Steve, it has been real. I'm I love that we're doing this. So remember to like, share, and subscribe. Remember to keep tuning in. Two, both voice of the fat mantis, but also check us out on all other podcast availability for uh, fanboy modeling school. Peace. One love. <laughs>